Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Thurman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We're here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. We also have intern Erica working the dials. Guys, the first episode of 2020. We are in the Roaring Twenties, as people are calling it. We have all been apart for quite some time. Uh, it's nice to come back together and have all four of us in a room. Whoa, uh, they just brought pizza. What? When I was getting to the office, I noticed a guy holding like 10 pizzas. Do, do we go steal some pizza right now? No yeah, way. What's the etiquette? I hate all that shit now. <laughs> it's, oh. no way. it's 2020. Yeah. Uh, okay, so a couple things. We want to, uh, so off the top, we want to let you know this is going to be a long episode. This is going to be a big one. You're getting a supersized episode in 2020 because uh, our friend Rob Loud, um, who is a tour photographer for The Killers. And uh, the Arkells. And the Arkells, of course. <laughs> a little man uh, called Arkells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. We talked a lot about The Killers during this interview, but. Not so much on Arkells. Well, not with the, well. It wasn't for lack of your effort of sliding in Arkells. Yeah, uh, I tried to get us to you know to yeah. be peers with the, ki- the killers. But so do know. we find out what uh, what's his name Brandon Flowers is like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we cover some of that topic. So, cool. so so the reason I bring that up is because Rob, uh, who who we're friends with and and who uh, has a very cool job, he came in because uh, he was here over yesterday. Actually, it was Sunday, yeah. uh, and we we did some chatting. So we're gonna get to that conversation later in the episode. Uh, but before we get to that, we got so much to, to catch up. But on wait, here. is what triggered you to talk about that the pizza because you talked about Brandon's diet? No. <laughs> oh, do you, you don't touch on his diet at all? We didn't touch on Brandon's diet. Oh. He works out. He's very active. I know okay. that. Like he's a very like. Uh, but Rob does, busy did body. say that he like mouths pizza. Yeah. Like after the game. Yeah. He, chows mouths. What's the word? Anyway, he yeah he loves his food, but he also just has uh, a good uh, kind of workout regimen as well. Wow. Because I that's, hear food is ninety percent of everything. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It feels like you you've come into twenty twenty with some uh, theories. Well, it could be just because I went so overboard, ironically, knowing that I was going to be so good in 2020 and knowing that we had this challenge coming up. Yeah. Yes. Well, this is what I was going to get to. Yeah. We, as our listeners know, uh, on our last sort of uh, episode of the, uh, the the proper episode before we did our, our holiday year-end hot takes, uh, we, we said we, we agreed we're going to do this challenge, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we bring a scale? We did, yeah. We did? I got <laughs> I it. I see Shane has a bag. I don't always bring a bag. <laughs> oh, crazy. And, and so basically, we were all going to try to lose eight pounds? Like, what is... No, what, no, no. Not it? eight pounds. We're all going to try to get to a weight that we feel is our ideal weight. Oh. And everyone has a different version of what that is. Mm, but uh, Okay. I was. It's funny. I was at like seeing a lot of people, uh, like family and stuff over Christmas, but several people had listened to that episode, oh. the weight one. Mm. And everyone said the same thing. Uh, Max doesn't need to lose any weight. So <laughs> I thought you'd like to hear that. Oh, and they, wow, they, didn't, they didn't mention me or you in that? Uh... No, I found it very insulting <laughs> to bring that up. Because you think your mom yeah. would say, you don't need to lose it. Yeah. Mike could lose a couple. <laughs> uh, it's fair. It's fair. Um, okay, well, before we get to the weight loss challenge, which we'll do in a bit, <laughs> we're, also, excited about. we're also going to hit the Globes. It's nice to be back, guys. It's, great. it's nice to be back. Okay. Hopefully everyone listening enjoyed their holidays and did all sorts of great stuff. Uh, Shane and I both actually did some traveling, mm-hmm. not together, separately. Yeah. Uh, I, I was in Ireland for a wedding, as you would know if you listened to the last episode, and Shane was in Florida. Well, before that, I partied with Erica at the Jared Diggs. Oh, concert. the Jared yeah. Diggs show, yeah. which was a, a great event. We also had the, the Champagne Boys pub crawl. Like so much has happened in like a ten day stretch that I, we can't possibly talk about it all. But the, the order of events is basically we recorded the last episode you heard, then we banged out six uh, year end holiday hot takes, which people really liked. It. They were yeah, good. Yeah, they were really good. Yeah, the feedback oh, because Erica was in there, but you edited them all. So yeah, you, they were funny. They ah. were quick. They were like not n- no like meandering at all. They were good. Yeah, and I feel like um, <laughs> what Shane just gave a look. No. Why do like I meander? Well, because it insinuates that most of our episodes do have <laughs> no, meandering. No, 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 I didn't mean 
mean that. <laughs> yeah, they were to the point. There was no there was no extra fat to trim. Yeah. It right. was just perfect. It was good. They oh, were, as an editor. It was very funny. That's not a dig at me. <laughs> no. Fat to trim looks no. at me. <laughs> um, so we recorded those and then we went to our annual uh, 12 pubs of Christmas where we march up and down uh, Hamilton, James Street North and the surrounding areas and we do 12 bars uh, at Credit Card Roulette. It was amazing. Anything quick coming out of that? Well, before that though, I'll say that uh, those six podcasts were basically a public service to the podcast community. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding because well, Oh, template. Well, because over the break, there's no podcast. Everybody goes on vacation. I noticed that too. Yeah, my friend Matt Frookman says it's the biggest form of anti-Semitism we have to worry about is that all the Christians that are on vacation... Shut it down. Shut it down. No and work that, gets done. And no work gets done. And all, all of us Jews waiting for their next podcast to come out. You know? I was just about to say that. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> they, uh, well, because guess what? What? I'm... I'm more than 4% Jewish. Whoa! Did you do another? I'm uh, 7.6% Jewish. I did my spit. Oh, amazing. Wait, yeah. whose spit? Oh, you're... My sister had right. her spit done. I, I still don't how understand are you how more you Jewish your than your sister have Apparently, DNA. it can be uh, separated differently even between siblings. Mm, how... Like what you inherit DNA-wise? Right. Okay. So, and, uh, yeah, if you do your mom and your dad... Like maybe it's just a cash grab to get everyone in the family to do it. That's what I was kind of suspicious about. But my sister represented my mom's side. I represent my dad's side. And now we have a full understanding of what percentages are split mm. what. So there is no native in my blood. But I am more Jewish than I had wow, thought previously. Wow, this is great. Yeah. Did, now do you like uncut gems even more? I do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I the always way, love that movie. Oh, my God. I saw that movie. I wish I had seen that movie uh, when we were doing the year-end movies, because that's my favorite movie of the year. I think fascinating. Wow. Oh, loved it so much. I highly recommend. What about Honey Boy? Loved Honey Boy too. Yeah. It was slight, slightly less, but still very, very good. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, you went on a movie binge this. Oh, uh, I watched so many movies. It was really good. But yeah, anybody um, who is interested in Adam Sandler and basketball and some Jewish stuff and just like a very like fre- frenetic, like like t- intense movie, go see Uncut Gems. Did you like the Adam Sandler character? Uh, I, I kind of did. I kind of related to him on a certain level. He was the most unlikable, unwatchable person I've ever seen in my life, which is an testament to the performance. Yeah. After two and a half hours of, of spending that time with that character, uh-huh. I, I, I was so happy when it was over. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's not an expertly made film and a wonderful film. It was just, I had this weird sort of uh, uh, existential issue as far as what I like out of movies after that film because mm. I was like... I didn't like my time spent there, but I, I, the climax was amazing and effective, and the whole film as a whole, I go, this is brilliantly made, and it's making me feel things, but I cannot be around this person. He's a sociopath that does not give a shit about anyone but himself, and I just started saying, why do I want to spend two hours with this person? Yeah, see, I would say... He- not that, that I think that's you. I'm not trying to tie the two. I'm just no, wondering no. if you liked the character, because, and then it made me ask questions about, do you need to like somebody to wa- spend two hours with them? And I don't know if that's just because I'm older and time is more precious, but I was like, I didn't enjoy the experience. I just like feeling something when I'm watching yeah. a movie. So many times I'm just blankly staring at a screen, just waiting for the movie to end. Right. And with this movie, it wasn't like that. I was like on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Super engaged. Mm-hmm. Same, but it didn't feel good. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like he had, he had a little bit more heart than you're giving him credit. For. I agree. Like, yeah. like I, I think, I think, like, I think he had like a, a compulsive like gambling habit, and he was also like a compulsive like thrill seeker. You guys, spoiler alert! 
Sorry, you know what? No, we, I think that's, that's we should stop. Trailer. We should stop talking about it because for everybody who hasn't seen it, it's like we're just talking about some random shit. So we'll, we'll have an uncut gems episode. Sure, I'm, I'm maybe seeing we'll it on bring Friday. Actually, what I'm seeing it on Friday. Okay, you see it on Friday, mm-hmm. and then um, we'll maybe do gems we'll get Matt, Matt Brookman on because all he does is text me about uncut gems. For the last three weeks, all he's texted me about seven times a day are just uncut gems related things, memes, reviews, podcast interviews. All he does is talk about it. So maybe Can you we'll forward them to me? Because yeah. I'm looking. For, I'm like that right now in uncut gems mode. Okay. Yeah. You, Matt will give you. A I got things. a text from Matt Frookman because I guess we alluded to it. My thoughts on uncut gems and sort of the experience I had with yeah. the film. He showed me your text. Actually. He immediately like shot me text. He's like, "What the hell? What What, what are your thoughts on the text?" And I explained myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you read the text. Yeah. He showed it to me. Yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you get what I'm saying? You basically when you read said it? in your text what you just said now. Yeah. yeah. Just he ruins everybody in his wake, and I, I can't, you can't abide that at a certain point. Yeah. Okay, but no more spoilers. Let's carry. Not on. Matt. Yeah. The Adam Sandler character. Mm-hmm. Frickman's a delight. Yeah. Highly recommend uh, that movie, though. But uh, okay, back to the pub crawl. So we do the pub crawl. Yeah. Amazing. I actually didn't get hit this year. My card never came Me out. Either. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. I you, think you this got, is my third no. year where I haven't been hit. That's impressive. I yeah. didn't get hit, but I left early because I had to go to Lawrence, and we. Uh, I did. Yeah, no, I was good too. Yeah. I had a pretty awesome moment at the end of the pub crawl. We went to get shawarma <laughs> at Santa Grill, which is an awesome place in Hamilton. And when I went in, I recognized some guys from my old uh, playground basketball days. Whoa. And uh, I'm like, ah, I'm not going to say anything. And they were very drunk. And um, I obviously was very drunk. But I just kind of looked at the guy. And then he looked at me. And he was like, holy shit. He's like, Marley's here. He's like, Marley's here. And then everyone started jumping up and down, going crazy. Like, Marley! And going up to Virgil and some other guys. Be like, you don't understand. This guy is a playground legend. <laughs> really? Were yeah. you named after Dan Marley from the Phoenix Suns? Yeah. Because he's a white guy? And they Who were like, this shoot? is the only white boy we let play on our court. <laughs> <laughs> and they're jumping around telling everybody. They're telling the guy who's making the shawarma. And he's like pretending to be interested. They're like, this guy's shawarma is on me. And everyone, everyone's going so crazy. And I'm wearing, uh, Mike had given me the ring that day. And I'm wearing the ring. The Raptors championship. And somehow everyone that night thought I had the real ring. Mm. So they're going nuts about like just wondering where my life has taken me for if I have the real <laughs> Raptors ring. Did you tell them that you were the 15th man on the bench? Well, I, no, I told everybody. I'm like, no, it's the replica. But for some reason, no one could hear me saying this is the $40 replica. <laughs> Like, even when I went to Absinthe, um, our friend James Tucker came up to me, and he's like, yo, I'm really uncomfortable with you guys walking around wearing these $20,000 rings. Can you please be careful tonight? I go, no, I swear, it's the $40 replica. He's like, yeah, seriously, be careful. <laughs> so it was just such a funny, fun night and way the to nut, end the night. The nut was wearing his massive ring out. Yeah. I was not going to wear mine because... Again, like we get too drunk and it's just un- too unpredictable. But uh, Birch did not care. He was rocking that thing proudly. Yeah, it's it was uh, famous or like money by association where yeah. people just assume one person has it. Mine must be real. Also, Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I'm glad that you enjoyed. Do you still have, where'd you put the ring? Is it, do you keep it in your home? Yeah, right now it's on uh, my mantle, like when you walk in the house. Did you take the little holder piece that was also in that box? I think I left it at Max's. Right. And I don't give a shit about it just because. That means nothing to me. Like, I'm not yeah. going to display it like that. I'm going to be wearing it a lot on like <laughs> fun nights. And... Uh, yeah, the pub crawl was great. Uh, it always delivers. And then after that, 
You guys had digs. That's yeah, we, where we had the digs night. You couldn't come to that because you had to pick your spots, right? I did because it was like we had the pub crawl on the Saturday. The digs was on the Monday. I left for Ireland on the Wednesday mm. or whatever. It was just like madness. I, so I'm at the point where I have no clue uh, who is at any event that I'm ever at because there's so many group events that, that I'm just like, oh, you weren't there? Oh, you were there? Like I have no clue who I do anything with. Just, just that there was like six or seven guys around. Yeah, it's very hard to remember who was at bachelor parties yeah. and, and all that stuff throughout the holidays. It For all sure. blends. Like it, it, I just learned that Greg, your brother Greg, has never met Rob Loud. I'm like, how have you never met Rob Greg Loud? Greg never met Rob Loud. No, but because he, he didn't go to Coachella. Which oh, felt like a bachelor right. party. Yeah, which, yeah. which there was like 12 of us there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we will be discussing that time in Coachella when Rob is on later in the yeah. show. But the J.R. Diggs event had to be like, I thought an Arkells concert had a lot of Mike on Much fans. Yeah. Every single person in there knew the pod. Really? Like I was having a pee talking to someone next to me. And then a guy like in a stall goes, hey, save it for the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Like, who is that? And there was another guy like, and we went like, Erica was in like the special VIP area. And I, I ended up in there, and then the guy serving the beer was like, hey, just want to let you know, love the pod, listen to every episode. That's so, you and know, I was, that's fucking awesome. Wow. I was on the street awesome. yesterday, and some guy was like, hey, love the Arkell, love the pod. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, and I felt like a VIP. Like, I felt like I deserved to kind of be in that area, which I did not deserve hey. to be there. Yeah. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah. Well, I didn't just because it was for performers, really, so I shouldn't have been there. Mm. Erica, did but you recognize? I, no, I don't get recognized that much. Mm, maybe I got recognized that on our Kel's show once. Mm. I subsided pod fan. Well, your voice probably is more recognizable to people than your face just because you're Instagram right. maybe one out of every eight Insta posts. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Love that in 2020. Yeah, we'll get you in more uh, pictures. Yeah, 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 yeah. New Year's resolution. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get recognized more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good resolution. <laughs> do you like getting recognized? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No hesitation. Shani, do you like getting recognized? If it's for something good. Yeah. <laughs> Not the guy from the bushes in front of my house. <laughs> um, man, I really it crushed me not to go to Diggs, and I ran into Diggs on our pub crawl uh, at Shaolin. Actually, I ended up chatting with him for a bunch, and he's like, "Oh, you're not coming." I'm like, "Man, I'm sorry." It's like I got a kid, and we're leaving her uh, in Canada when we go to Ireland. I'm like, I got to put in as much time as possible, and he seemed to understand. But it, from everybody I talked to, like my brother the next day, like everyone was saying it was like this is the party of the year in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So, congrats to Jr. for throwing another amazing, amazing show. And next year. I, I will be there. I haven't been able to go since when he was born, but how'd uh, your show go? How'd you performed? Yeah, it was good. It was great. Would so, you do three songs? Four uh, songs? Three, four songs. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, my, Mike and Tony joined me. Uh, yeah, Diggs is so funny. I, I don't know how he pulls it off every single year, but just like a, the couple days before, he's like, I got some beer. Do you want any beer? Because he's like getting free beer from like all the beer reps in <laughs> Hamilton because uh, everybody like donates their time and their services and a lot of their like materials. And then he's like, you home now? And then I was like, yeah, I can be home. And then like in 10 minutes, like this beer delivery guy just showed up and like dropped off a bunch of steam whistles at my house. He was just just, like coordinating everything. How much are we talking? Like (laughs) I'm talking like mm, 40 beers. We got any here? What's the deal? Mm. I guess it's a midday on a Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Sorry, guys. I'm coming off Ireland. (laughs) There are no uh, uh, set hours when it comes to having a nice pint. So uh, observing your Ireland trip, it seemed like you were like the like you should be an Irish guy. Like it feels like like just everything you you and Danica were doing because you were baby free. So it seemed like you had that extra like little bit of. I'm sure there was anxiety about not being with the baby, but there's also sort of like a a little. You're a little freer, right? Yeah. Not having to uh, worry about putting. When he out uh, to bed and all that shit, um, <laughs> that's what you guys do, I guess. Um, it's part of it. Yeah. But explain the trip. How was it? 
Yeah, it was it was amazing uh, for a lot of reasons. I mean, first of all, to your point, uh, I want to like going into the trip, which we left on Boxing Day, uh, was just a mad day. like. There's so many moving parts, Shane. You know, it's like when you got a family, it's like you got to do different families, and you got all of this stuff. And we're also trying to like pack in Toronto so that we can leave Winona in Hamilton because she was staying with Danica's sisters. They split the time. They did an amazing job. I don't know if they listen to the pod, but I wanted to give them a shout out because they were phenomenal taking care of Winona. Was 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 Winona like confused? <laughs> You'd think. You know, I'm a little disappointed because <laughs> she seemed fine. Like, every video and picture we saw, like, the kid was thriving. We came back. She was doing complex math. Com- uh, you know, uh, she, yeah, like, everything about it uh, seemed to be going very, very, very well. Uh, so Danica and I were, like, thrilled because, like, well, at least the baby is happy. But then also a little bit like, well, shit, what do we like, chopped liver? Uh, so, like, we had that sort of, like, this guilt about leaving the baby. It was only for five days, but still, that's a lot. Like, she's only, like, 13 months old, so... Had all that. I was I was talking to Shane about it. He's like, you'll be fine once you get there. He's like, it'll, it'll be good. And obviously, like, Danica's sisters are amazing. So, anyway, we finally... Greg didn't get the call? <laughs> <laughs> Greg would have been fine. That'd be, that'd be awesome if Greg had to take care of one over Does Greg days. change the diapers? I've never seen Greg change a diaper, but I I would trust him to do it. I I would trust my brother with Winona for a few days for sure. For sure. Would he do it? I think he'd probably have anxiety about it. Yeah. Like I think about myself before I had a baby. If someone asked me to take care of a baby for 24 hours, I would be like panicking. Would you trust me? Have you ever changed a diaper? Definitely not. I think, well, I trust you because I think you would outsource it. You'd find mm. someone to come over and help you. <laughs> you'd look through your phone and be like, mm, this seems like someone that can handle a baby. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd hang out and do it with that. I know it's your birthday, Ash, but <laughs> I need a favor. Ash would end up doing it. Um, yeah. She'd manage that situation. Lauren, really Lauren's well. a nurse. Yeah, yeah. You can oh, yeah. Hands. yeah. It'd be fine. But actually, Greg, we are going to get Greg to come by and uh, look after because Danica really wants to see Little Women. So we're going to go. We're going to do a little theater night. Uh, so, so Greg will be with the little woman too. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We'll be Thank seeing you, little woman Greg. <laughs> um, Thank you, Erica. But yeah. So anyway, we 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 uh, as you know, there was this wedding uh, in Ireland with our friend Ash uh, Campbell and her her uh, her husband Dave. And shouts to them. Shouts to them. Shouts man. to them. Well, they got congratulations. congratulations. All right, I was joining in on it. I was confused, and then I changed. No, my just life. because they <laughs> Ash listens to the pod, and it sounded like it was a great time. Well, also there was a you you contributed to a video. There's a little yeah. video of uh, people in. Hamilton or, or Toronto that couldn't be in Ireland yeah. and so yeah it was like nice to they really appreciate yeah, Rebecca that. Lane sent a text message saying like we're gonna make a little compilation video yeah that's that's did that. yeah. so um, anyway uh, we get on the plane and the first thing like it is weird to not be around your kid like cuz like Shane you know like we've been flying with her now like the, for the last year and everything is different like I used to love flights cuz it's like I'm gonna catch up on my movies I'm gonna read a book I'll listen to some pod that I downloaded and it's like you can't when you have a baby on a plane it's like it's a full-time job it's a full-time job so just that alone like wow we have like six hours on this flight to just like i watched uh ready or not this movie about a bride that's there the family's trying to kill her on her wedding night i watched stuber which my brother recommended like i was back old school like mikey like i was like <laughs> binging fucking movies that's and what like wa- your eye right now. oh it was it was <laughs> nice. how was ready or not by the way it was good it's good it's okay. well done it's like a yeah. perfect like plain movie actually it's mm-hmm. just like it's entertaining it's well done super disappointing or no well for me it was perfect because it was on a plane it was yeah. the second feature so you don't really expect much like maybe i'll fall asleep during this instead i'm cackling out loud which embarrasses dan like well she's like i'm like am i embarrassing you because like i'll be watching they'll say something funny i'll be like <laughs> but i've got the headphones and so it's loud on a fucking plane coming from europe whatever and uh in like you know hour five and Danica gives me a look, like she shakes her head. I'm like, am I embarrassing you? She's like, no, you're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> like, okay, fine. But I don't care. I was having it. It was great. But so to Ireland, um, we get there. We, we were in Dublin the first night and I've never been to Ireland. And, and one of the sort of the, the, the great things about going to this thing, aside from supporting uh, Ashley and Dave was uh, 
getting to go to a country we'd never been to. And so, have you been to Ireland? Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. So, like, yeah, Dublin was great. We did, like, sort of the tourist thing where we went to the, the Jameson Distillery. And I will say, I drank a lot of Jameson Ginger and Live on that trip, 100%. It's like... It's a really, 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 really nice drink, and that is unpaid, a hundred percent. But I love the Jameson Distillery. Uh, uh, we we did like the sort of classic touristy things, the, uh, the the Guinness Factory, things like that. We got the downtown sort of like big city Dublin experience in Ireland. Then we get on a bus and travel two hours to Burr, which is this small town where this castle is, where this wedding is going to take place. Um, we we get into Burr at like seven at night, and we're like, we don't even know. Like they don't have Uber in Burr. They have like local cab companies. Our Airbnb. B is it like on this other like estate where we're like in these sort of like these guest quarters in the back of like this farm and they are such nice people that they send like the, the woman the husband comes and picks us up at the bus station oh, wow. and then drives us 15 minutes into where like our Airbnb is and because we were just kind of like flying by the seat of our pants it was like a 24 hour travel day we didn't even really have food and I was like like we get in the thing I'm like is there a Domino's around here and then like he starts laughing and he's like he's like oh I'll bring it to the grocery store and so he brings us to like are you going to be doing Irish accents for the <laughs> rest I might of be the doing some voice work <laughs> so he brings no I won't he, but he brings us to the grocery store they, they were the nicest 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 people um Cut to, to. So is that the town Dave's from? Burr? No, he's from. He's uh, further like uh, like west or something. Okay. But this is where the the venue was. Uh, okay. So everybody came from all around, like all of their friends and everything. And now they're interesting because they met actually in Dubai. Yeah. Uh, but he's from Ireland. But anyway, we we end up. Uh, the next day is the wedding, and so we pull up to this this castle. Also, the cab company that we use the whole time we're there, literally owned by like a mom and her two sons. Oh, so wow. we got the same three people, whether it was Ivan, Garrett, or and I can't remember the mom's name, <laughs> every time. So we were there for like three days. We just kept running into them whether we had to go to the grocery store or whatever. Um, and we get there, and it's, I mean, you saw the Instagram stuff. Yeah. Like, it was it was a, 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 such a beautiful wedding and a wild experience. And Danica was reading, like, um, a really nice poem that uh, Ashley had, uh, had picked out about, like, um, the value of making mistakes because it means you're trying new things mm. and how you should continue to do that in your life and all that. So, like, that was a really beautiful reading. Danica did an amazing job. Um, the Danica ceremony. did the poem uh, in front of everybody? She read. She went up at the ceremony oh, in front cool. of everybody and went up and read it. Um, yeah, so and that was kind of nice too because it's like you don't we didn't know a ton of people right there's only like maybe like five other Hamilton people there mm. uh, it's actually our mutual friend Julie Strifler, oh, yeah. uh, Matt Paxton was there um, and, and and some other people but other than that we didn't really know anybody other than like Ash's family but by Danica reading that poem in front of the whole like sort of uh, at the, the ceremony everybody would like come up and be like oh great read you know it's like it kind of made her knowable yeah mm-hmm. like almost like a mini celebrity within the way so like it just broke it was a conversation piece every time you talk to somebody oh, so nice. uh, but the ceremony itself was awesome it was a humanist ceremony I guess there's like a, a humanist um, how many Corinthians are we talking <laughs> like, like, like what's that like number of I don't know it's like a Catholic <laughs> wedding thing I don't know it's humanist like a religion it's, so it's yeah. like a movement in Ireland so it's not religious mm. it's not it's non-religious basically it's, it's like the idea of like um, they're humanist so he's like he's like he's part of this like humanist I don't know if it was a league in Ireland I, I wish I was, I was better at sort of it. But I loved it because he basically explained what he stood for and what Ashley and uh, David wanted out of the ceremony. And it was just like it's both like people believing in people and sort mm-hmm. of like you know we're only here to help, like we only ever ch- each other to help yeah. each other. So we should lift each other up. And I just found it very 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 well done and just amazing. Irish guy. Talking. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Was it like way more charming because he's an Irish guy talking? It? Everything was more charming. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everything about like 
the way that like I think like the pace and like the drinking and the joy and the singing and it's like I really do feel like I, I found my people like over those five days I was like these people are awesome they party harder than the champagne boys it is a two-day wedding so so we do the wedding then we like retire to this other part of the castle and we're drinking what, what are you laughing at <laughs> just, just your excitement about this is great <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> and uh, and and then so we do you know we're all whatever we had up doing the dinner so we're at table five and uh, there's only there's two other Canadians with us but then everybody else was Irish and like so damn fun. This guy daily, uh-huh. he's like, oh, you've never been to an Irish wedding. I'm like, no, I've never been to an Irish wedding. He's like, okay. He's like, so tonight, he's like, we're going to go to about four in the morning. I'm like, I'm like, four in the morning. And I'm looking at Danica and I'm like, and she's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, this is great. He's like, but that's nothing. He's like, day two of an Irish wedding is the best day of an Irish wedding. He's like, that day, we go to five in the morning. I'm like, fuck yeah, daily. This is amazing, man. Uh, um, Anyway, so uh, so I and I don't know if Danica's gonna commit because Danica's not like you know she can't she doesn't have like champagne boy stamina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even know if I could hang with with the Irish. Yeah. Uh, but Danica wedding night we go till three in the morning. Mm. Amazing! Finally, one of that family uh, I think it was Garrett came and got us yeah. drives us back to our Airbnb. Uh, the next morning we have to go to the second day, and when we get in the car, we're like, oh, what? Was, how was the? Did you do any more trips? He said his last trip was at five ten in the morning from the wedding. Wow. And by the way, when we left at three, the dance floor was still rocking. Like best wedding band I've ever seen Like this guy's voice was so versatile Like all the music was amazing Curated Ash obviously has like She has great taste in music Like everything had been thought out It was such a fucking cool wedding But the second day of the Irish wedding Is what I really want to talk about Because that (laughs) What you really want to talk about Okay Is the thing that I think we need to adopt here in Canada So like it's the next day at a pub This place called the Chestnut in Burr And we roll in at like 1.30 Because again we're like tired We've been you know drinking all night And we're like ah we'll see Maybe we'll go by for like a few beers You know like take a temperature check We walk in Fully catered in the back courtyard of this like pub. They have a dude that has been flown in from Manhattan, Irish guy, that literally is doing like guitar and then he loops it and then he pulls out the fiddle and he's like the best fiddler in Ireland. So he's like, and people like are start dancing. I'm like, what have I walked into? They had ping pong rocking at the opening. Any good players? I didn't really watch them. I think you would have probably, I don't know. I I think you probably marched through that that country and uh, win your fair share of of ping pong. (laughs) Um, And then, so that was great. And then I was like, uh, our our, our taxi driver was telling us on the way, he's like, the second day of the Irish wedding is the best. He goes, because what happens is everybody's like, the wedding part is like stressful. You want to get it right. You want to hit your marks. Everybody, there's a little bit of attention to a wedding, the full day of the wedding. It's like finally when after it's all done, you know, people enjoy the reception. But the whole day didn't maybe feel it was it was nerve wracking, right? You want it to be great. It's your wedding day. It's like the second day. He's like, that's when the Irish people like go for it because now nobody gives a shit. Like there's no stress. <laughs> all you do is just celebrate and party. So I'm like. I don't know how long we're going to last here. Sure enough, Danica too. Honestly, kudos because uh, I've never been prouder of my wife. She was like, <laughs> I'm in Ireland. I'm committing. Wow. We went for it till midnight like that night. And then all the Canadians ended up at this like little fast food place in Burr, kind of like this greasy like food joint. Um, and Ash, got to, we got to say our goodbyes and all that stuff. And at some point during that that party, I was I drank a lot of Guinness, and uh, one of the guys from Table Five, uh, this guy Vivian, he was performing that night as well. He got up, so oh, Vivian was playing guitar, and he's like, "You come up, you know, if you want to come up, and people could go up and do stuff." And I was like, "Ah, no, 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 no it's not about me, guys. It's not about me." <laughs> uh, and then after, after you know a good two days of drinking Guinness and making best friends with all these Irish people who are the nicest people in the world, I'm like, "All right," he was playing champagne uh, supernova, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'll get up." So then I get up and start doing it, uh, but I guess like none of these people like. You know, they're like, just, they didn't know if I, even Vivian was like, I didn't know you could sing. And so I started doing it and uh, actually Julie Striffler got funny video of it. But like 
all the Irish Which dudes. We'll post. We'll post it. They're all at the front of the stage now, like like supporting me. And then <laughs> when we left, Annika's like, "Okay, we got to go. We're all going for food." But all the like the Irish dudes, like Dave's version of the Champagne Boys, they were still going hard. And I was very like torn where i'm like can i stay and party with these no i gotta go with danica because our airbnb is 15 minutes outside of the city center so i can't send her in a cab and my phone didn't even work our phone doesn't work outside of uh, north america by the way shane oh, shit. our work phones i learned that the hard way uh and then and then i went with danica but then i found it the next day when we were in dublin with julie that they all went till three in the morning at Dooley's. and this is what's so wrong with me is it's like i had a perfect experience we got her there at midnight everybody was happy i was drunk i like i sang a song i walked off like a hero and when i found out that they'd gone to Dooley's until three I was like I missed out yeah did you start resent Danica for the rest of the trip no no no, no. <laughs> Although, you fucked me <laughs> you fucked me Danica um, and then yeah and then we spent our last night in Dublin uh, and it was uh, it was great we went for a nice fancy dinner actually because we'd, we'd, we'd gotten pretty uh, friendly with Julie and her friend Jill and uh and so we ended up, like all the four of us went for like a nice fancy dinner in Dublin our last night. Mickey O'Veerman. Mickey O'Veerman. Start calling me that because I, I, I mean, I know I was only there for like, you know, five days and we got sort of the main city experience in Dublin and then we got the countryside, which was beautiful. Uh, it's like a fucking Downton Abbey or something like that castle. But um, I don't know if I got, I feel like I got a good sense of sort of like uh, their, the disposition of the country and sort of like the goodwill of the people. And again, the way that they drink, I know it was a wedding, but there was something very uh, nice you, about you've it. You always love pubs, number one, love pubs. and you love chatting. And Chum. and and the Irish are, love pubs, and they and they're very social people. Oh. Like, like they, and they're they're storytellers too. All amazing storytellers. Yeah, because the thing is, like every every country, let's let's like say we're talking about Europe. Like everyone's like, oh, we're Russians, we love drinking vodka, or we're you know Germans, we love our beer, or whatever. It's like we're French, we love our wine, but like. There is a certain social um, thing that happens in Ireland, which is all based around going to the pub and having conversation, like lively conversations. Is it better than England? You think? It's- I enjoyed it much more. Mm-hmm. I did. I did. Oh. And again, like it's kind of built to succeed because you're around p- people that are friends with your friends. It's a wedding. Everyone's in good spirits. But the, the the what I pulled out of it, like the singing, like you said, the storytelling, all the speeches, amazing. Like mm-hmm. every like they're so f- funny and charming and can like. They know how to tell a story. They lay it out perfect. Like Dave told the funniest story about him and Ashley's like first date and her having to like, cause she was working for like Air Emirates and she was living in like an all girl dorm. So you couldn't have males in. So she had to sneak him in, in her suitcase, like her Rolly. It was so <laughs> Wait, he literally funny. went in a Rolly? He went in a Rolly. <laughs> That's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big Rolly. Uh, uh, yeah, but anyway, the way he told the story was like so fucking funny, and it's just like it was really nice to kind of like go to because you know we've been to a ton of weddings and Shane will we'll have to do like the MC thing or whatever. It was interesting to see. I go, I was like, how much did these guys plan their speeches? Like him, the best man, his dad gave me. I became really good friends with his dad. His dad was buying me Guinness the next day at the pub, kissing me on like the the cheek, and I don't know, man. It was it was it was a really fun trip. You know, and another thing, uh, you're talking about the musician, yeah, and just the general musicianship over there. And I find it so inspiring to be in the UK, Scotland, Ireland, where they have this like tradition of pub music and the uh, the players are always so good. They're yeah. such great singers, such great guitarists, like they, the fiddlers and it's one of those things it's like any anything. It's like if you live in a community that's like where people love to play basketball, everybody's just kind of a better basketball player. Or if you're in a community that's like, like whatever the thing that defines that place, everybody just like the, the to, to, to get in the conversation, you have to be pretty good. And I just remember going to a pub in Glasgow and I was like 
and just watching um, – it was an open mic night. So it was just like random people. It wasn't even like a paid guy. Random people were just going up and doing songs. And I was like, each one of these people is way better than me. Like, <laughs> like, and, and I was like, I can't, I, only, I can't even go up there. Everybody's just – everyone's an amazing singer, amazing guitarist. And I was just like so impressed by – by that and yeah so when you go to ireland you just like really feel like how like how much that music is like in their dna and how good they are playing when it. you go to an open mic are you ever tempted if you're in a place where our kells aren't known to go up and just blow people away no but that's the thing is i i was like in my mind when i got there i was like open oh, mic that might be kind of fun a little story to tell I'll be in glasgow <laughs> bring down the house you know <laughs> and then and show them how it's done yeah show, show them how it's done and then each new person that came up i was like oh i don't want to go after that guy I don't, know. I don't want to go after this person. Oh, no, don't want to go after... I was like, and then I just didn't do it because I was too intimidated. Do you think it's like that Newfoundland too, kind of? Yeah, Newfoundland, yeah. Totally. yeah. yeah. I always say that wrong, right? Yeah, yeah it's Newfoundland. What do I say? Newfoundland? Newfoundland. I hate like Newfound it. Glory. Yeah, yeah. I can never band. say it correctly. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, they have that uh, tradition as well. Mm-hmm. Well, to, to, cl- to close the loop on, uh, on the trip, we got home... And the big moment where we were going to like be reunited with Winona. We'd done one FaceTime because we didn't want to confuse her because FaceTime's weird for a baby. It's like, like, are my parents in the phone? Like, <laughs> yeah. what is this? Are we going to scramble her young mind when she... So we were very like hesitant, but uh, my brother-in-law was like, no, 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 like, let's do it. She's been amazing. We're like, well, I guess if it's, you know, she's upset, they're the ones that have to kind of deal with it, you know, like... But but psychologically, I'm just like, I, I, I was weird about the FaceTiming. But anyway, we did the one FaceTime. We finally come home. Uh, Winona comes into the like the apartment and we're like, you know, obviously like there's tears and all that on our end because we're like so emotional. Even saying goodbye was hard. Um, but it was like I was picturing her like running towards us like fucking chariots of fire, us like crossing a beach to get arms open. And she was kind of just indifferent. Like, mm, hey, what's up? Like, you know, <laughs> what's going on? Cool. Like went over to her toys. Was happy to see the cats. And then I brought her to daycare like a couple days later and she saw her like favorite teacher. And like went fucking, she got the reunion that I wanted with yeah. the baby. I couldn't believe it. That's but so funny. anyway, it makes me happy that my kid is happy. Uh, just a little bit, uh, yeah. Just, you know, I thought it. But but the, what we're taking from this trip is that you resent Danica from taking you from Dooley's and your baby's ungrateful. Uh, baby's ungrateful for sure. I don't resent Danica. If anything, I'm troubled by my own pension that I had an amazing exit and only when I found out the next day that they went till 3 a.m. at Dooley's that my FOMO kicked in. Yeah. I actually was like, what is wrong with you? You had the best night. You were glowing. <laughs> and then you're like, fuck, I missed it on Dooley's with Dave and Davis and, and Vivian and the boys. Like, I fucking know these guys. There was a guy named Shane, Irish Shane, who I really wow. liked. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think that we need to go there as the Champagne Boys. I don't know if it's somebody's bachelor party if, if Brody or my brother ever get married and people want to go there or we should I think it should be a Champagne Boys trip let's, uh, do, it. let's do it I think it'd be really really fun did you find out their views on leprechauns <laughs> like are they cool with them or do they think that's like racist or it, I, it never came up no oh that's the first question I'd ask <laughs> yeah, at customs <laughs> we're not gonna allow you in sir uh uh yeah no i didn't ask that but you know i, I talked to all sorts of local sports you know at local rugby it, again great storytellers no no lack of uh conversation shane how's florida it was good yeah it was uh, i went to the magic kingdom mm. which is Disney i saw World. that on social media and i was a little i've never been it's, it's one of those things that I thought maybe one day I'll get to do it. When and you saw the one picture of Alex in the sea of people, were you like, fuck no? <laughs> I didn't know. I, if anything, I was just more like, I, I'm very fascinated what his experience was like mm-hmm. there. Because I just, you know, you see it on TV all your whole life growing up. But had you been before that? Yeah, I'd been probably nine times. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. 
Well, just from like, I feel like I went every year. It's just year. a kingdom now. The magic fades a bit. Yeah. Oh, hey, Mickey. What's up, Shane? <laughs> <laughs> but from like four till I was 10, I went every oh. year. So what's the math? There? Six years. Six. This is probably my seventh time, realistically. Uh, and I've been to Universal Studios and Epcot and all that, all that stuff also before. But uh, it's way better being an adult going with a baby. We had the option to go on the weekend, but we decided to go on Tuesday instead. But Tuesday, which we didn't think of until we booked the tickets, was New Year's Eve, mm. which is actually the busiest day of the year for Disney. Oh. In fact, they turned people away at the door. Oh, wow. and, it, and it made the news. It made like international news how busy Disney was. So from... About like 8 a.m. till noon, it was manageable. But after that, it was like every inch was like gold. Like you had to shuffle. You could not walk. Wow. And, Sounds uh, terrible. Yeah, it, I thought it would be. But Alex had organized the fast passes mm. and all the stuff that I hate doing. Like, uh, Oh, did you, you guys did like the, you, you played for like the experience. Like it's quicker. Yeah. So you instead Amazing. of waiting like the wait for space mountain was almost four hours so we would go to a ride that had that equivalent wait but we would get in there in 20 minutes mm. and alex had the app which actually tells you the wait times of each ride and when the fast time when the fast pass is going to go and good all that's, uh, good planning how do you feel philosophically about fast passes oh they they do it pretty well where it's not just like you can just go like they have it what what is kind of fair you do pay extra to get it and i think it is kind of a godsend if you're a person who's impatient or with a very small child who can't necessarily wait in line yeah. so you don't feel like bieber like ooh hi hi bye like we're passing you <laughs> you know i thought it was going to be really like like that elitist experience yeah but it was good yeah. and you are still waiting for a fair bit of time and on new year's eve it's almost like you can't go to the park unless you have the fast passes cuz you can maybe do two rides and that will take 8 hours to go wow. on two rides so we did wow. we did about 6 or 7 rides and lou who had never seen a disney film in her life i don't think maybe moana but uh, she knew who Mickey was. There was oh. a Mickey parade, and she goes, Mickey! And starts going crazy <laughs> wow. like it's a really famous person. And then we got her um, the classic Mickey. It's kind of like a what are the thing that our people wear in the back of their heads. It's like a yarmulke. Uh, no, yeah. is that what it's our called? people. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called, right? Yarmulke? Yeah, yarmulke. With the Mickey ears. Because there's the like option. That, yeah. There's like the barrette thing or that's, whatever. It's the, the mouse Yeah. Yeah. So we got Lucy that thinking it's she's not going to take to it. It was her favorite thing we've ever gotten her. She was making sure it was strapped on tight. Wow. It's the cutest thing to see like Aww. a toddler wearing uh, the Mickey hat. And then Alex got the Minnie Mouse ears and all like we got the classic stuff. Would you so wear? It was a great day. I wore nothing because mm. I really didn't. I was looking so fat and so bad. I did not want to be in any of the photos. I was a very willing photographer that trip. And, <laughs> and, and then we, we stick around for at 630. They do the New Year's Eve fireworks, which are world renowned, famous. Apparently, it's like the best fireworks show in the world. Mm. So they do the same show at 630 for the kids that they're going to do at midnight for, I guess, all the adults. And it was crazy worth it. I had never seen anything like that in my life. Like they have like a Tinkerbell actress fly up and set off the whole uh, fireworks. She's on like a some rope system, but it's seamless. Wow. So it looks like she's actually flying up to the castle. And then it's like a 20 minute fireworks show that actually brought tears to my eyes. 
And I was wow. not drunk at all or anything. It was like making me very. Was emotional. there music being played? Yeah, the old Lang Sang. What's that song? Old Lang Zai? Yeah, they played that song. Was that? I don't know. It's the New Year's Eve song. Yeah. Robbie Burns, I think, wrote the lyrics. Oh, cool. Nice. But yeah, and then that was pretty much the highlight of the trip. I was with my in-laws, uh, my brother-in-law, and his girlfriend. I how, saw he shaved his head. He did. Wow. How ripped was he looking? Very ripped. Nice. It was very annoying yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> being with him. And uh, <laughs> and then we visited my dad and my stepmom, who were also down there in Cocoa Beach. So that was very nice oh, to nice. have so many hands on deck for the kid. Mm. It was almost like she wasn't even there because everyone was so helpful and willing to yeah. participate uh the only kind of bummer of a trip like that is uh the airport mm. going to the airport uh we, we had a moment on the airplane where we were stuck for two hours on the plane with the air conditioning broken oh, oh god and lou has never freaked out on a plane before was this and, in like when you'd landed in florida no this is before we took off in florida to get back home oh okay so people were talking to us like, oh, she's so cute. Uh, how is she on a plane? And Alex was like, she is a dream. I assure you. And of course, Lucy goes full exorcist mode. But this is after two hours of being overheated. Literally, the whole flight's supposed to be two, I would act that way to too. two hours. So Lou was you don't doing want to see Erica go exorcist mode. Well, Lou was doing what every adult wanted to do, which yeah. is just like scream at the top of their lungs and punch stuff. And she at one point bit. Alex, as hard as she could on her arm, wow, got drew blood, and then she had a a, a pouch like it was like a pear flavored pouch and threw it and it literally seemed like linda blair spitting out the vomit <laughs> in the exorcist and it went all over me and the seat oh, in front of god us. so it was just such a mess but it was so it was so over the top that all alex and i could do was laugh at it so we did have fun even in the most stressful situation and because we had a bit of a buffer with my uh in-laws behind me and my brother-in-law and his girlfriend to the left of us created a bit of a zone where we didn't feel like we were annoying so many people yeah, whereas yeah. if i was alone i would have been a little bit more scared mm. everything else was great how were your holidays it was pretty quiet it was great loved being around uh I went to a wedding as well, New Year's Eve. Yes. Uh, our, our friend Megan Davies. Got I know. I to, felt uh, bad we would have been there. Bo Tom. And it was awesome. Um, big Croatian-Italian wedding Ooh. at the convention center. They also had a traditional Croatian band playing. And I actually just like, like any kind of form of folk music, I think, is what I've mm-hmm. revealed. Because it was just like, I don't know much about Croatian folk music, but I learned a little something there. And then I was seeing you in Ireland. I'm like, you know, that's kind of nice when people sort of you know, pay homage to their, the place where they're from. Absolutely. And, um, and then we ended up kind of doing an after party at the Onyx, which is my old apartment where, where our friends AJ and Carly live. And it was like a real like, you know, felt like uh, 10 years ago or something. Dialed back. Yeah, it was awesome. They um, still live at the Onyx? I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, they're, they're there. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it's yeah, a lot nicer now, too, than it was. A lot nicer. I bet. But These my bedroom at the Onyx, which was just kind of a... It's like a sunroom. It wasn't it, even a bedroom. It wasn't a bedroom. It was like a sunroom, and it was just kind of like six degrees colder in the winter, six degrees hotter, hotter in yeah. the summer. You had a little keyboard in there, and you had like a guitar, and yeah. that was all that fit. And I paid 300 bucks a month for a very long time. <laughs> Good deal, though. Yeah, yeah. But so it was fun to check out that room. Uh, it's more it's just a storage room now, and their dog shits in there a lot. So, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, so not much has changed. Not much has changed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it was yeah pretty low key. I don't really have much much to say. It, it was nice. it was just nice to be home and not 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 moving around. But yeah. uh, I bumped into Megan at the grocery store. Oh really? Yeah, mm. she looked beautiful. She's very happy. She said she was very sick that day. Oh really? She couldn't really even party. 
Oh yeah, she her voice was a little scratchy when she mm-hmm. did her speeches. Yeah, but uh, excellent baseball player. Played yeah, well, the, uh, she's a varsity athlete. She yeah. she she went to a D one scholarship for soccer, soccer yeah. for, for soccer. But she's good at everything. Really competitive too, which uh, I like. She was like yeah. an MVP on the Gamblers. Yeah, she was amazing. Um, won a championship together. You know, those bonds don't uh, break easily. That's true. Well, uh, it it was weird conditions because it was technically a tie, wasn't it? That was the year we didn't win it, and then the year with the tie we forfeited because we didn't want to play the tie break. Right. But we oh, did so win. I didn't win the championship. Yeah, the though. next year I think we won it. Was I against that the, the older team? Okay. Yeah, you were there. Uh, I just want to clarify. I realized if, if people think that uh, Danica and I were heartless for not bringing the baby to Ireland, uh, did you guys get that feeling at all? No, not know. at all. I never know no. people are, are judging. No, when they sometimes listen. you gotta go do a yeah parent trip. Well, so 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 what it was was though we didn't want to rent a car. You need to rent a car if you're gonna have a baby, right? Or you're gonna be trucking around. It was like. F- to, from the airport to Dublin was like one trip and then it was two hours from Dublin to Burr and then like 20 minutes either way every like basically if we were going to bring the baby we were going to have to drive and the idea of driving on the other side of the road was terrifying also I did call it the wrong side of the road with one of our taxi drivers mm-hmm. he's like oh it's not, it's not the wrong side of the road here but and then, then like Danica was like you mean the other side of the road I'm like yes 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 <laughs> but uh, we were watching a video the night before because we were going to rent a car and we were like Ugh, and it was too intimidating oh yeah and also but I will say that there's a certain like uh, just observing your social media there's a glow that you have when you're with your baby and you you see you, you can feel like the the love like the deepest kind of love that you have for Winnie and and just like the way you guys interact with her but there's also like a freedom that I was observing in your Instagram <laughs> on and no and both are both are important yeah uh, is it that, like the fact that like you guys were just like all kind of dolled up and like just kind of enjoying each other, yeah. which is also a very important part yeah, of life. Was great. Was really cool. So I think I think you know, I think as the expert parent here, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think both are very important. Um, but yeah, Erica, how were your holidays? Anything popping? Oh, they were great. Uh, very chill as well. Um, I also went to a couple weddings. At a wedding on the 29th and the 31st. Wow. Yeah, that was fun. And then you guys on New Year's Day, I watched. Five movies in one day. Name them. Uh, the Snowman. Oh, like <laughs> Have you with, seen it? With you the... went real deep into art film. <laughs> oh, it was bad. It was really bad. Uh, we watched The Snowman and then we Who's watched... Michael Fassbender? Yeah. That? Yeah, that's considered one of the worst movies of all time. It's so bad. Did you watch it ironically? No. I don't think so. I don't know. Someone else put it on and I said, this movie sucks. All right, it's a snowman. Um, Wet Hot American Summer. Ooh. You, so you... good. That's like my favorite movie now. The, the movie, not the series. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, original that's movie. That's very hilarious. So funny. Um, the interview. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with but Seth Rogen. But we turned Rogen. off halfway. Ooh. No, not, no, no. Um, it's with... Um, Seth Rogen. No. What? There's another movie called The Interview? Yeah, I think that's what it was called. It's this guy, he gets ripped from his house in the middle of the night, and they arrest him, and he's being interrogated the whole time. Oh, is this, uh, is this Cumberbatch? Or, uh... And they don't know, and they don't, he doesn't know why he's there, and so in the movie, he's like slowly figuring out why he mm. was arrested. Mm. I was thinking of the interview with uh, Seth Rogen and... Uh, Me too. What's that North- guy? Franco. James yeah. Franco. Yeah. They hate us because they ain't us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, and then we watch Creep and Creep 2. I've Have never... you guys seen that? No. It's no. so good. <laughs> It's so How do you good. feel? I don't know if I could do five movies in a row. Like that, that's a skill that I don't have. Like you guys are just like we're in it. We're not going. No, anywhere. you're just so hungover, right? We were was, so yeah. hungover. Uh, I didn't like. I moved mm. three times that day. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, fair enough. But 
But out of all those, <laughs> out of all those, the Hard Reco is Creep and Creep Two. Creep and Creep Two, very good. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer. If you have never seen it, you should check it out. Was Creep Two able to live up to Creep? <laughs> creep Two was the best sequel to wow. any movie I've ever seen in my life. You've seen Terminator Two? Two would like no. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen High School Musical Two, and that's pretty much it. Well, okay, but, no wonder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a great sequel, and they're making a third, and I can't fucking wait. So. Is this like a Jeepers Creepers type? No, it's like um, a Blair Witch kind of style. It's like found footage. Yeah. Um, And it's it's like a thriller. And it's just about this very like eccentric guy. And that's all I'll say. But I highly recommend it. It's really good. All right. Well, guys, we're all back from vacation. I feel like we're all caught up in the Mm -hmm. last 10 days of our lives where we haven't been potting. And actually, for our listeners, you know, you probably I don't know what this episode will net out as when you see it on the the, the, wherever you listen to your podcast. But uh, you're not getting one for a while. So we don't mind doing a supersized one. Right, Maxie? Like, are you you I'm going to be away, but I can maybe do a call in. Okay, so potentially. But you might not have one for for a week. How long are you waiting for? Yeah, just for a few days next week. But. Mm. But let's do a call. We'll try and sort it. Well, you're getting one this week, which is this one. Yeah. And then we'll work on something for next week. Okay. Well, before we get to to some topics, uh, I just wanted to remind you to listen to The Pedestal. We have a new episode up right now. We reviewed the film Seven. With uh, Fiji Girl. With, that's right. Fiji Water Girl. Uh, Kelleth Cuthbert, uh, who this time last year had just become super famous from the Golden Globes Red Carpet. Good segue. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. Yes. Bro, shit right Thank there. you, my friend. She was just being interviewed on Fox News, apparently. Wow. About this year's Golden Globes? Yeah. She didn't. She chose not to watch. Oh, too, too, too painful? I think she was just hanging with her dogs and chose not to watch. Um, well, if you listen to Kel... wasn't the best interview that. in the world. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to Kel on the pedestal with uh, myself and Shane and Johnny Popolis, uh, she was great. Uh, we broke down uh, seven, and, and you'll have to see whether we kept it on the pedestal or knocked it off uh, starring Brad Pitt and Morgan Definitely Freeman. kept it on. Come on. Well, Max, you're going to have to listen. Why to do you that. think that? Because it's so fucking good. When's the last time you saw it? A couple years ago, I think. I would listen to this episode, Max. Ooh, you might be surprised. Interesting. This was one of the funnier episodes. I remember laughing very hard at one point uh, uh, <laughs> when, when we were talking about the different sins. And oh uh, my god, yeah, yeah. Probably the hardest time uh, that we'd laughed on an episode. I think I, I was brought to tears by it. I, I it was one of those laughs where you you can't breathe. Like <laughs> you're trying to breathe in. That's how I was laughing. It was very. It was. It, it was a fun episode. So that that's your tease. Go over and check that out. But speaking of the Golden Globes. Guys, did you watch last night? I mean, I know we were talking to Rob Loud for a bit, but I was PVRing, so I went home, grabbed a burrito on my way, a little bit hungover from Ash's birthday party, and uh, threw on the Globes. I did not watch it, but I watched the Ricky Gervais opening monologue, which is kind of the only important part, right? I mean, that's the thing everyone's talking about today. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, because after that, the show kind of happens, people win awards, like, people Set are happy that Brad, Brad Pitt won, I don't know, like... That stuff happens. He gets a couple more zingers. I think he comes out like four more times, and as he's introducing a presenter, he'll, he'll try and like do a joke. Did you watch the whole show, Shane? No, I right before Tom Hanks gave his lifetime achievement mm. speech, I left. Did but you, I did watch the speech later on. Uh, Tom's speech. Tom Hanks, yeah. Oh, uh, did you watch the Globes? Yeah, I watched a little bit when I got home. I didn't see the opening monologue, but <laughs> I saw a few things in between. Do you guys really think Leo's hotter than Brad? Because we talked about this before, and didn't well, all Brad three of you say Leo was really hotter? amazing last night? I will say he Brad, looked oh way God. hotter than normal. He's they got, did his hair. He's got perfect perfect. fucking hair. Do you think yeah. he has plugs? No. I don't know if he does. They're seamless. I guarantee Quentin Tarantino dyes his hair, but mm-hmm. I think that Brad's hair looked amazing. 
His everything looked amazing. His voice like is amazing. Like the dig at Tarantino, who's <laughs> clearly not in conversation for hottest guys. Well, I was looking at their table, and you got yeah. Leo, you got Brad, and then when Tarantino won his award for best original screenplay, as he was like walking, I remember years ago, Max had told me this whole thing about older men dyeing their hair, which I'd never even thought about uh, ever. And now I can't unsee it when it's like you see someone like Bruce Springsteen. It's like not a hint of gray. It yeah. doesn't. Well, it's gray in the perfect spot, oh. and then it's like that's that's. Yeah. That he's got work, so now I notice it. And so I thought when I looked at Tarantino, I see this with Mark Cuban as well. I can't not see the dye in the hair. Is that a crazy thought? Ever no. since you told me, Max, yeah, yeah. do you notice it as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. You Will you ever hair? dye your hair? I don't know. We'll see. You guys don't have any grays. I know. I'm, I it's couple. shocking. You guys have all very nice heads of hair. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. The uh, yeah no, but I mean, we could have a whole podcast on who's hotter, Brad or Leo. I mean, Brad, I think is aged better because. And, he, and here it goes. You <laughs> <laughs> might get another pod this week. <laughs> yeah, I think Brad Pitt is hotter than Leo is now. But like, are we going their peak? Wow, it's like, Erica no. looks indignant. Hold no, on, because- you think Leo's hotter than Brad right now? Have no, you seen no, Leo's shirtless with Leo. his new girlfriend? Have you seen Thelma and Louise? Like, Brad has no. never left his peak. Like, he's always... No, it just saying. keeps getting better, better, better. Okay, no. Okay. You think he's better now than Thelma? I think I, he's. it's different. Mm-hmm. But you could argue it's better. I think I think yeah. Brad is hotter than Leo is right now. And then, so the question is... And I think we can all agree on that, right? Brad is a hotter, older guy than a Leo is. One thousand percent. Brad's always looked like a man. Leo was yeah, a very attractive Yeah, it's a different type guy. of hunk, though. No, 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 they're both good looking, obviously. But I, I Leo's like the original Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, he is. So then, yeah. so there's like peak Leo versus peak Brad. Like it's just like peak Jordan versus peak LeBron. Who do you got? But my question is, when has Brad peaked? I don't think I think he's been peaking for 25 okay, years. Well, then, okay, well in this case, then just choose a fucking year and then compare him <laughs> against Leo's best year. What's Brad's best year in your opinion? Is it this I year? I can't tell you. Okay, like, it doesn't I matter. Okay, whatever, like any year, because you don't seem to give a shit. It's, he's always been hot. Always. Versus like Leo in like 1997. Romeo and Juliet, yeah. Leo's the hottest Leo. Yeah, okay. So who do you think is hotter? Brad. Let's go. Brad, no, no matter, who do you think? It's a different, it depends what you're into. Are you into the jockey hunk type where he can protect you? Or do you like the <laughs> waif who's just a beautiful man, yeah. like model type? Which do you prefer? I prefer the beautiful man model type. <laughs> you don't have you don't have, have well, a need be, to be protected? Well, I do, but I also... I but maybe feel, you protect them. <laughs> maybe, but let me finish my thought Sorry. here, Mike. I just... <laughs> I want to be with young Leo so I can protect I him. I just have this, like, probably wrong belief that a guy who has such a nice body and good framework, he might be more rude or douchey, whereas a, a very thin, frail, beautiful man like Leo... Frail. Well, when he was, like... When he was frail. I know, yeah. Have you seen so Basketball Del- Diaries? Looking. Have you seen yeah. Basketball Diaries? No. Oh, my God. He's, like, 90 pounds in that film. It's no creep, too. But. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. But that, that's just more of, like, just a beautiful yeah, yeah. man, right? Like, I think Brad's appeal is heightened by his body. So and his voice, too. He's got that nice little voice. But there's two components to Brad. There's his body and his face. Leo, is it's just his face. And I think that says a lot when you can rely on just that. Mm. Yeah. So I think Leo might have the edge face-wise. But overall, nowadays, maybe Brad's the better package. Yeah, I mean, I think as... I think Brad would be a better like life partner, and you could trust him to age gracefully. Like, he's going to take care of himself in his, like, 70s and 80s. But, um... Uh, yeah, it kind of depends on the day of the week, though. Honestly, it's just, it's just like wh- if you're in the mood for Leo, and you're just like, I just want to fuck that guy. <laughs> and then... Uh, but then sometimes you're like, no, I just want, I just want to fuck Brad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of depends on the day of the week. Sure. But like current Leo, 
No, current, currently, no. Uh, no. no. Yeah, you guys saw the photos of him and his new girlfriend at the beach. She's like this, like of course, like twenty two year old little skinny model, and he just has like this big gut. Yeah, but like, a beach isn't where a guy like Leo thrives. Yeah, like <laughs> where does he thrive? He thrives for the first time ever. I'm finding myself relating to Leo. <laughs> <laughs> No, Leo. I do my best work in Irish pubs, <laughs> not in places where my shirt has to come off in sunlight. Yeah, when Leo's young, you know, he thrived in maybe a uh, like just like a model type tighter shirt or like a tucked in button up. Mm-hmm. Now he's probably thrives more in a suit or at the Golden Globes, where you can kind of hide all your cellulite. Mm. It's like he was he was he was boyishly strikingly handsome, and then he now has like a dad bod. You yep. know, right. but but Brad has always been like an Adonis. Mm-hmm. Like Brad is sort of like what you would sculpt. He's sort of like this perfect ideal of whatever we think that is. Hey, they're on uh, Marin today. So oh, I'm very! Oh, oh, I've already listened. Yeah, oh, oh, I'm 20 minutes in. Yeah. yeah, Greg texted me say listen to it on your commute today. So did he already? Listen. Did Greg already listen? Yeah, to that's funny. Yeah. Um, but speaking of uh, the Golden Globes and Leo and hanging out with a 22 year old on the beach, Ricky, one of Ricky Gervais's jokes was yeah. uh, that Brad Pitt or that Leo had to sit through a screening of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a three hour movie, and by the end of it, his date that he had brought uh, had already aged uh, out uh, too old for him. Yeah. I nailed that joke. Great, great delivery. This is why you come on pods and do other comedians' jokes, guys. Uh, fuck. Okay, but Shane, you loved uh, Gervais. I thought mm-hmm. it was fucking awesome. Why did you like it so much? Just because it was so unvarnished and not trying to soften the blow at all, mm. like at all, like usually there's a, a diss and then someone's like, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But seriously, and then they'll... He seemed pissed off. Oh, yeah. Like, like to a degree, like he's always sort of said whatever he wants to and like likes like really taking the piss out of people. But I, the, the bit about Apple... And and all you woke celebrities. That wasn't even a joke. It was no, but that's the thing. It wasn't yeah. a joke. It was just like fuck all of you. Like I sincerely mean it. Fuck all of you. All you people that want to come on stage and talk about how woke you are and talk about your message. It's like you are no better than everybody else because you're working for a company like Apple that has sweatshops in China. And so go fuck yourself again. The bed, like if ISIS started a network, you, you'd have your agents mm-hmm. calling them if you can get the money. Yeah. And I just think that was so good. Yeah, because everyone is such a hypocrite, and it's yeah. just nice to uh, hear someone call everyone out like that. Yeah, and uh, it was if you love cringe comedy, which I do, mm-hmm. you're gonna love that because you're laughing not because it's so clever or witty, just because the form in which he's doing it is so brash and bold. Yeah, and everyone laughing in the crowd was nervous laughter, and yeah. I just love seeing people squirm. Yeah, because they're like, because everyone's like, is he and some get people me won't. Next? Like they had a cutaway to Hanks, who just kind of had like a. Yeah. Like look on his face, which, which is, is the alt- It's the best thing to do because yes. it shows you're not a prude, but yep. it shows you're also not laughing. Yep, mm-hmm. and he's become a meme of kind of like uh, for moments in life that are ooh, that's right, but I can't uh, emote to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was. Yeah, I'd be interested to know like if he wrote all those jokes himself, or if he has a team, or like I think they always have a team, yeah. but it's just he curates it and probably does a, a lot of the writing. The Judy Dench joke, yeah, I thought was so hilarious because it was so crass so rude so stupid but so silly at the yes. same time where you're Perfect. not hurting anyone yeah like calling james corden a fat pussy <laughs> is a little mean because anytime you're talking about someone's weight although you might get a get out of jail free car because it's a man and men are aren't as scrutinized and they're both british or something yeah right so uh that i thought was a, one of his kind of weaker jokes but i, I love the leo joke i, I was Pissing myself laughing at the Judy Gench cat joke. Do you see that, Erica? Yeah, about would, lifting her leg. What did you think of that? Funny. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I love the, the the capper, which is just the indictment against Apple. Oh, and, like, so good. Yeah, I do think that, yeah, that's like the, the big culture wars that we have 
really come down to like liberals, like everybody has their own issues, but liberals like lacking any self-awareness for any of their hypocrisies and being the people that just are constantly like uh, sort of condescendingly preaching their values. And then you're just like, I, you're so fucking annoying to listen to. And a lot of times, like, and I and I agree, like that with a lot of the all the progressive liberal values. But the tone in which progressives do it can be so fucking annoying. And and it's obviously at its height at an award show like this. And so for like Ricky Gervais, I think like it was it was kind of a unifying moment. Like I feel like he's one of the only people in the culture that could say that thing where everybody in America kind of has to go, huh, yeah, he's right. Yeah. Like who's who's saying he's wrong? Like yeah, no. Only the only people who'd who'd say Ricky Gervais, you cross the line, are people that are lying to themselves. Right. Yeah, which I fucking loved. It's just like I feel like people on the right were like fucking right, Ricky Gervais, and every every liberal's like, yeah, he, he, he got it. He fucking. Do you think it. that's going to be a cultural shift in the way people uh, buy Apple products? No. Like you know how like if a New Yorker article does a very revealing thing on a certain celebrity, even if there was revealing, if people already knew us truth, like let's say Harvey Weinstein, uh, they knew certain things about him, did nothing. But if a New Yorker article comes out, then it's so known that they'll have to uh, kind of banish him. Like change behaviors. You know, I, yeah. okay, what I would, I mean, we're talking about. Like I was pretty, thinking about that a lot. Like Ricky just did what a New Yorker article tends to do which yeah. just makes everyone know something all at the same time. I think time. we all kind of knew that about Apple. But that's what thing, I, that's like, exactly what I'm saying though. But but do you think at some point Apple will have to be so uncomfortable that they have to change practices? Well, I think or do you, like like do you care enough as somebody that's progressive that you'd be like, you know what, maybe I won't buy an Apple product. No. There you go. Any other phone I buy is going to be in the same boat. It's all made cheaply by like, you know, questionable labor. What would be an awesome trend is if if Ricky starts this trend of of like rich liberal elites just calling out their own hypocrisy, like plain and simple, and to the point where people would have to like readjust their values. So you know what I mean, like because everybody likes to espouse like their own good virtues, but no one actually. But anything that sort of is like, oh yeah, well I am sort of benefiting from a system. Oh yeah, I am kind of like the, the top five percent in in society, et cetera, et cetera. No one, no one living in New York or L.A. or San Francisco actually acknowledges like they're actually the most privileged people, and with the with with the most like luck and good fortune in in the fucking world, and so anything that kind of makes them uncomfortable, like Apple having sweatshops, is like eh, we don't like to talk about that. So it would be awesome if Ricky Gervais did start a thing where everyone's just like, no, fuck off! Like you guys are not actually better than anybody. You're actually the benef the benefactors of all this. So this you whole don't system. think it leads to sort of the idea of Apple having better labor practices? You think it just leads to people saying, eh, yeah, you're right. I should shut up and keep using this flawed product." No, I think it. No, I'm hoping that the more people that call it out for exactly what it is, that might change their behavior. And then companies like Apple would have to change their own behavior as well. Yeah. Does I, was, that make sense? I was thinking about this a lot when the uh, the China stuff was going on with mm -hmm. the NBA players. Yeah. And then a lot of people had views that uh, things should be done about China or they had it felt a certain way. But they were wearing Nike shoes. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Of like course. I was just we were just talking to someone right before this and I, I couldn't stop thinking about that. Mm hmm. Like yeah. how people will be like, LeBron should have said something or LeBron should have done something. And then they themselves are supporting Nike. Oh, yeah. Nike. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, and, and I get it that it's like complicated and it's like there's like we're talking about like global economic practices and trade agreements and blah, blah, blah. But there is – but I do think with public pressure and like a real honest assessment of your own behavior and calling out other people who are like virtue signalers, that could shift things. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating. But uh, yeah, Gervais is so fucking good. 
Like, uh, there was some, like, good... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he kept going, too. And I feel, I feel like Twitter loved him. I feel like the reaction on Twitter was really good. Someone uh, tweeted, like, the madman, he's done it again. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> what were so your thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. The funny thing is because um, you had sent the text uh, sort of while we were recording saying, like, I hope you're all recording this this Ricky Gervais opening monologue. And then Max had immediately started jumping on... Um, like once we stopped recording on the laptop and we were kind of the Judy Dench bit was up. The Apple bit was the first thing we saw. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like Twitter was losing their minds. I was really excited to go home and watch the extended five minute thing. Cause I'd only seen like three jokes. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I actually thought the whole thing was going to be a flamethrower of like epic proportions. So if anything, if I just watched it with no context, I would have been like, oh, this was like amazing and it pushed boundaries. If anything, because I saw three of the sort of most talked about jokes before I even watched the full monologue, like in mm-hmm. Ash's office after we were done recording, I almost was like, oh, okay, those were the best bits, you know. But he did an amazing thing, which was like subvert the audience's expectations. He had a couple of kind of scathing ones, but that weren't really that bad. He threw in a Martin Scorsese height joke, which was very yeah. like That's innocent, a good one, innocent yeah. softball. And then boom, he'd throw like a knockout punch and you'd be like, holy shit. And then he ends with the Apple thing, yeah. which is just like a silencer. Yeah. He had a joke that I thought was interesting about somebody's... Uh, the guy, everybody in Hollywood now that they just do like um, superhero movies it's basically your job is to two, two days a week take steroids and work out or something like that yeah, we yeah. all know who does that yeah and he didn't name like I was I thought that was a weird I didn't know if he backed out of a joke or whatever but like did you guys know was he talking about Chris Hemsworth was he talking about no Chris yeah Pye? I like, think that was like so inside or maybe that was just for some people in the right. audience or a couple of his buddies at home that joke didn't work no I was just like uh, what? where's he going with that yeah he's like oh, taking steroids he's like what like yeah anyway there was an Epstein kill himself joke that, yeah. that I, I liked, and it was implying <laughs> that a lot of people uh, would typically fly in on an Epstein jet, yeah. and they're upset well, that he's not there. That was the best part, is when he does the kill the Epstein joke. It's like, okay, we've seen that a bunch. But then he goes, okay, I'm sorry, I know he was a lot of your friends. Or, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, get it. Like, yeah. Because he knew was there was amazing. a groan coming, yes. so he had the joke, the after joke prepared. Yeah, also the Leo, it's like dating young people, and he's like, then he had like a Prince Harry, no, uh, Prince Andrew joke. Oh, related yeah. to that. See, I thought he should have got out on the Leo joke. Just because, but I mean, I know he's Ricky and he's going to push things. Yeah. But like, <laughs> so he does the Leo joke about the date becoming too old for him by the end of the film, which was funny. And I killed earlier when I said <laughs> well, it. That's so way, funny. Guys. Even saying like, even Prince Andrew was like, Leo. Like, that, <laughs> that's it funny. It's like, you're pushing 50, mate, or whatever. Yeah. Or son, you're pushing 50, son, or whatever. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was fine. But one one is like a joke that's comfortably like, yeah, Leo does take 21-year-olds and Leo's, you know, in his 40s. Prince Andrew's like they accuse him of being a pedophile. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like there's there is a line by tying Leo to Prince Andrew that is just like, ooh, which I that's what Ricky wants to do. For me, I'm like, if I'm Leo and I'm sitting in that crowd, I give the laugh and the, the hat nod, and then I'm like, wait a second, are you implying I'm a pedophile now? You know what I mean? Which made me feel uncomfortable, which I think Ricky wants to do, and some people would find very funny. I just yeah. Do Do you think that uh, Ricky goes to the after party and everyone's like loving his ass? Like, what, what do you think that like the reaction is after the awards? Like, yeah, I think people are kissing his ass. I yeah. think they all kiss everybody's ass at those things. Everyone's yeah. probably all jazzed and like, like you said, like whatever party he walks through, everyone's gonna tell him he's a genius. Yeah. Fine. Let's get to the Rob interview now. Well, let's though. give Rob some context. Yeah. So Rob, uh, you're gonna hear about how we met on this podcast, but he he flew up to surprise Ashley, and they, uh, because Ashes uh, and Rob are great friends, and it was her birthday this weekend, and uh, you should have seen her her reaction when when she saw him sitting at the restaurant with the, with the rest of her friends, and uh, he's the best hang, and we and literally for like the last two nights, Rob, Dan, and I have just like 
hung out in Dan's apartment, like we're like college roommates or something. And uh, and his job is super interesting. Sorry, I'm sorry. Really I right. love literally. <laughs> I always love when people say literally. Oh, yeah. Just imagining you guys hanging out. Sorry, <laughs> like, I like, cannot not like laugh on a when someone bar? says literally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but 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 uh, I'd heard some of these stories because I whenever I hang out with Rob, I'm, I'm just asking him questions about the killers. Uh, so I didn't know how it was going to play, but then after the interview was done, Eric was like, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. So he's, he's fascinating. He's got a cool job. I mean, the guy literally travels on tour with the Killers and the Akels. Uh and, and so he's like, he's 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 close with those guys, and it's such a fascinating creative job, and that's what we do on this podcast, or at least we used to a lot more, is it's like we talk to creative people and sort of figure out how they do their job, why they do their job, and it, I, I think he has one of the more interesting sort of gigs and setups. Um, one thing that it was a bummer was he actually brought a couple stories he could tell, mm. and, uh, and so he kind of had his like phone out as you'll hear but then after we we stopped rolling he then starts telling this story and i was like was this one of your stories that you were gonna tell he's like yeah he's like we just didn't get to it and it was a hilarious story about him and brandon going to see bruce springsteen's broadway show <laughs> and then ended up backstage with george lopez it was such a funny story and 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 it, it never made the the episode so yeah. what and it's happens not my with st- him and george lopez? Well, oh, well, you can't tell it's yeah. not my story to tell he like he's got all the beats down he you know it's a very funny story but i don't know why i mean that probably just makes the listener more uh, annoyed that you don't get to hear it but you do get to hear some other good stuff. He's got a great story about uh, uh, Brandon and hanging out with Liam Gallagher and, yeah. and some other cool things. And so do, P- do we go to the interview and then after the interview, we break out the scales? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I only brought one scale, but we okay. yeah. <laughs> No, let's do the scales right now. I have to go pee super bad. I also want to lose That's that. such a trick. We'll, we'll just we'll – just, okay, wait a second. Okay, so you're going to go to the bathroom? Okay, Shane, let's just talk quickly about this. Uh, did you think him peeing will actually help his weight count? Yeah, it's the ultimate trick, and Max knows what he's doing. I just I drank like three Perrier's and a fucking... Go, go do it. No need for the Saucy. language. Saucy, wow. <laughs> he does need that pee. Um, but, uh, let's make predictions. Oh, shit. Like, even on myself. Erica, here. are you getting in on this or what? Well, I don't um, want or need to lose any weight, yeah, but I would like to gain weight. Mm-hmm. I want to get jacked this year. Go the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to gain muscle. I want to get a six pack, and um, I've never been strong, mm-hmm. and I just want to be strong. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. so you're an ectomorph. What's that? That is a person who's naturally predisposed to being thin, yes. very thin, and if anything, you have to work hard to gain weight. I find that a very ideal position to be in, but for a lot of ectomorphs, they don't look at it that way, but that, I find that's a very rare place to be. Uh, a mesomorph is someone who gains weight quickly and loses weight quickly. I would say that's what I am. What do you think you are, Mike? Uh, I think traditionally I've been someone that like if I've if I've wanted to lose weight, I can do it pretty quickly. Like if I show like a modicum of discipline, it seems like my body cooperates with me pretty well. And I think in general, like I th- I don't have great eating habits. I enjoy the uh, pints of beer as well. Yes, you and I both. Uh, I feel like. Like I feel guilty sometimes because I think I've just I have a good metabolism. Like for me, like I would think for the way that I consume food and how much sort of fast food I eat and stuff like that, I should probably be a lot bigger. Although I know I'm not healthy right now. It's like the right shirt, the right bomber. You can get away with some shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Physically, if, if when I've had like a couple weeks, like if we've gone to like Cuba and we're hooping all week and I'm just kind of eating rice and hot sauce, it's like I'll lose it immediately. And so. you also, and correct me if I'm wrong, do yeah. not gain weight typically in your face. That's no. not where your fat depends deposits first no. you can you can hide it better than maybe other people definitely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. max is back okay shane is busting out the scale 
Max also took his shoes off. Well, have you done this before? Well, I would have to do that. Yeah, okay, I mean, because sometimes if you're wearing sneakers versus boots. Sure. And I'm wearing a very heavy sweater right now. Yeah, take off your sweater. Well, are we going to get down to our underwear for this way? That'd be hilarious. All right, uh, do I'm to go first? Okay, uh, so Max is going for, Wait, wait, wait. Don't. He wants you to uh, guess at your weight. What do you oh, guess oh, yeah, your weight I is? I think it's 180. Okay, let's see. That's a very good weight. What? Wow. That's not... This must be a different scale. <laughs> Likely story. It's, that's crazy. This is this is way different than my scale at home bed because I'm 180 at home. And actually, I, I weighed myself yesterday at my parents' house. I was 178. Someone needs a new scale. This is a digital top of the line scale. I have a digital scale at home, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I was 180 yesterday. Well, you might want to get it recalibrated. And, and, and at a normal scale at home, like at my mm-hmm. parents, I was, I was 178. All right, let's go ahead. Okay. All right. So you are – I, I, I want to go – Mike, let's see. Mike, what do you think you weigh? I would think that I'm at 170. That would be my okay, guess. Okay, so if Mike is way off yeah. too, then we might be more suspicious of the scale. And you, you're wearing a sweatshirt, Mike. Yeah. Oh, you don't have a T-shirt on underneath. No, oh. no. And I don't want to gross out the people in the office. Do I have to – Whoa! See, I think it's six pounds off. I hope this is the case. Okay. <laughs> See, now I'm I'm very scared. Erica, Erica. I, I think I'm like 170. I, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home today and weigh myself on the thing I've been using for the last year and a half. And then, and uh, and show you what I weigh. Erica, on. you stand. I, I weighed in at 176. I, I, it feels a little heavy for me, but nothing would surprise me. But if, Max, you are saying it's a little bit off. That I literally weighed myself yesterday at my parents and it was 177. Wow. So what do you think you weigh? I'm probably I'm probably 117. Wow. Oh, okay, Erica's uh, accurate. That's an average post-Christmas. <sighs> okay, maybe you guys have the same scale. I'm very scared right now. What is take your, take off your thing. Your I, I am going to take off my thing. But I just want to say I pushed it to the limits a little bit mm-hmm. uh, on this trip, knowing. I wanted to be a little plumper for this. So <laughs> so I'm going to say, and I'm humiliated to say this, but I think I'm 197. What? And if I get to 200, that's really going to be scary. I would be shocked if you're at 200, to be honest. Okay. okay. Here we go. Moment of truth. Oh my God! Wow! This scale is broken as shit. <laughs> this scale, oh shit! Shane, Shane weighed in at one ninety nine point two. Whoa! This has to be broken. Let me try it one more time. Let me move the position of it. Okay, a coffee has been spilled. Oh my God! Listen, broken scale. So you were one eighty six. I'm one eighty. I don't believe that scale. Okay. So 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 if we have a, if the scale's a little off, what does that mean for us? Well, my goal is to get to Max left the room in a huff. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't abide my, broken my scales. My go- goal is to get to one eighty five. Shane's goal is to get down to one eighty five. That's fifteen pounds, fourteen pounds. Yeah. Huh. And what's the time? But that's limit? my that's my my ideal weight is closer to one eighty. But realistically, I would be so thrilled and happy if i got to 185 i uh i will say like we were talking about what did you say it's a mesomorph shane when you can gain and lose quickly yeah i ate a half a domino's pizza and a burrito from burrito boys yesterday that was my uh, that was my diet yesterday mm-hmm. so maybe that maybe that's helping or that was contributing to my my weigh-in and are you happy with this weigh-in? because it's always harder for me because they say each inch equals five pounds in the height oh, yeah. disparity 
So I, I don't even know what's big or small for a person who's a little bit shorter. It's big for me. I'm 5'7", maybe like a little tiny bit, but uh, I think 176, if it is 176. Even 170, I feel, to me, I know I'm carrying too much weight. Like, I should probably be, honestly, like... 155, 158. So, what is your goal for this challenge? Maybe that's a crazy thought. Like, maybe that's like, you know, depression weight. I don't know. I just want to feel healthy. I just, Mm -hmm. like, if we're saying we want to drop 10 pounds, I I think I could. I just mean, like, too, because I was getting messages from people saying, oh, weight is not a good measurement for health. I agree with that. But I'm also not in, like, some super muscular program right now where. I feel healthy. I know when I'm at a healthy weight, and for me, that's about 185. So that's why I choose that weight, not just because I'm trying to be too skinny or anything. Yeah. 185 is actually a healthy weight for me. Uh, yeah, my theory is if I'm if I drop 10, I know I'm eating healthier just by the very nature of sort of my choices. I won't, you know. So I, that would be 160. That'd be if or I'm 170. I'd be 166. Would be dropping 10 pounds according to this scale. But Max okay. seems pretty convinced that this. Okay. okay. Well, I think I could do. I think. In my mind, I was like 179, 180, but here's 186. But uh, 175, 174, that's when I feel like kind of good and trim. 177 is like my normal. 180 is like, okay, it's been the holidays or whatever. So for my scale at home, if I can get down to 173, 170, 173 would be awesome. We're using this scale. But we're using this one? Okay, yeah. 170, whatever the math is there then, like 178, 179. Okay. So like eight pounds I'm looking at. Because I do think this scale is accurate, cool. especially after Erica. Um, so when are but we... But maybe she has the same version of the scale. That's what I'm saying. My scale that I typically use isn't digital. It's like a little roller thing. That's, I think those are more accurate. Yeah. Yeah, but the roller thing that I had at my parents' house yesterday, which I did wear myself yesterday, was 170. Eight or something. When are we going to weigh ourselves again? Okay, that's good. What's today? Jan sixth, Feb sixth. One month to to drop to to get to our. I'll go. I'll go to one. No, no, I'm not saying like just to see our progress. We'll do a check in. Like we don't have to be at our goal then. Let's do. Let's do two weeks from now. Two weeks? Well, no, I'm just saying, no, just okay, as a, as a check-in. Check okay. okay, I'm a mess. Well, we'll do like a full month okay, thing, but we'll check, in ha- <laughs> we'll check in halfway through. So so you have to like achieve your... Like, like, if we're trying to do... Whatever your goal is in a month. Yep. The month is a month enough time mm-hmm. to try to. Yeah. Okay. By the way, there's probably some health experts that are like, you guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> You're uh, doing a disservice to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll do a check in halfway through. Let's do it. So we'll do a check in in two weeks. And then with, the, with, you don't have to have reached your goal, but just to see if you're heading in the right direction. I'd like to be, uh, yeah. I'll be not, I, I'd like to be in by Feb 6th. If this is accurate, it's 176 right now. I'd like to be down to 165. Cool. Yeah. I'd 10 like pounds? To, that's in a 12. Month. I'm down to 12, I want uh, 11. Sorry. Yeah, I'm at 170. Was that 176? I think so, yeah. So, one, one so what is your guys' plan of action? Just eating better. Uh, more eating liquor, better. less beer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just going to uh, cut out a lot of bread, uh, less beer. It's, I think it's sugar, too. Uh, like, sugar. Actually, I've been really good because the New York Times had this like cut sugar out of your diet for 2020 mm-hmm. thing, and they're like a seven-day challenge. My whole family has done it like this week. And basically, it's like there's a lot of sugar in bread, obviously. It's like, you know... I'm the king of like, oh, I'll go to the store and get some gummy bears. But I just haven't done that in the last like five days. That's good. All right. Well, thanks to Rob Loud for appearing on this episode. And uh, are we throwing to Rob or was this was this part happening after? We're throwing to Rob right now. We're throwing to Rob. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Super pod.
So we're just going to jump right into this uh, because we were sitting here with Rob Loud, our friend. Uh, you know, one of the things that Max always talks about, which is cool, uh, is like uh, our friends have like a myriad of, of really interesting jobs. Rob is no exception uh, because Rob, you uh, you have a very cool job. You're a photographer, obviously. Yes. Uh, but I mean, there's a lot of photographers, and it's hard to, uh, I think, for people to sort of have steady work to be uh, acclaimed to sort of be, uh, you know, occupy this rare air that you do. You you uh, make most of your living on tour with the Killers. Yes. And well, before we goes. get to that, oh. we, we uh, the, the, it's, it's a special thing because Rob is not just our friend. He's a bit of an inspiration, Ooh. really, to us all. Wow. Um, and he surprised Manager Ash. He was, he was basically the surprise for Manager Ash's birthday, uh, yeah. which oh, happened yesterday. Oh, she's hugging yesterday. Rob right now. <laughs> Ash is here. We're recording, what, on a Sunday we're night? We're recording this on a Sunday because Rob flies back to Brooklyn uh, uh, tomorrow. So we were like, you know what, you're in town. We actually saw you at the party last night. Mm-hmm. I was like, we've got to come on the podcast. Yeah. You listen to this podcast, I do listen crazy. to it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. how I keep up with you guys. <laughs> so, so basically, um, as we know, Manager Ash pulled off a, a miracle on my birthday uh, a couple months ago. She delivered Nick she, Nurse. She delivered Nick Nurse. And then I was like, shit, okay, I have to deliver for Ash now. And I was like, what could we do? Because Ash doesn't want for much. She just like likes her friends and cool experiences. And you can't really buy her much, I don't think. And so I was like, okay, let's go through Ash's favorite people. Like number one, Brandon Flowers. Number two, Harry Styles. Number three, Rob Loud. Wow. And I'll take we, it. we shot for the first two. We you, you tried. We did not hear back. Uh, but then I texted Rob, and, and the great thing about your job is it's a bullshit job, and no one's on tour right now. And I say it's that true. with all the affection I in the world. It, yeah. And I was like, Rob, do you want to come up? You know, and we could surprise Ash. You'll be like the gift. You are the gift, <laughs> and uh, that's what happened. So you 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 got your plane ticket. You came to Toronto yesterday. You flew into Billy Bishop. It was amazing. Yeah, my favorite airport. Explain, oh, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> explain you getting to the airport. This is funny, actually. Well, okay, so you know, I travel a lot, obviously, and. Uh, I usually don't have a car, but I happen to have a car this week. And so it's my parents' car who live, you know, somewhat locally. So I'm driving. You live in Brooklyn. I live in Brooklyn. And I was flying out of Newark. So I'm driving to Newark. And like 10 minutes in, I'm like, shit, I'm not returning to Newark. So I'm going to have my car in New Jersey. (laughs) So like, I just, so I had to turn around, get an Uber. To Newark. And if you're not if you're not familiar with New York City geography, you have to basically drive like across Manhattan, basically yes. to get to Newark. Yeah. But you're flying back to Laguardia. Laguardia, yeah. But luckily yeah. it was a Saturday morning, so I got there no problem. Although I almost missed it. I was the last person on the flight. Mm-hmm. I was the like, oh, Mr. Loud, are, are you Mr. Loud? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're the last one on the plane. And then I hear her, like saying, okay, the last passenger is, is boarding, and I was the guy that you know. Were you getting on the looks plane. from the other passengers? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think it was like. I don't think it was that bad. Right. 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 But um. Right. But yeah, so I made it. Although I will say, your birthday two years ago, mm-hmm. you got two of your three because you came to a Killers concert and you came backstage and then you got a picture with Brandon. And my favorite part was Ash and I were wearing basically the same jacket <laughs> and Brandon was like, give me your jacket. So they're, they're kind of twinning. Yeah, oh! we'll have to put this photo up uh, Absolutely. Uh, on our Instagram it's a great because photo. it's basically like a red plaid yeah. jacket. I remember this photo. It's yeah. kind of an iconic photo of Ash yeah. and Brandon Flowers. It really made my day, to be it, honest. It was so cool. And also, he it made me very happy because he's so svelte and trim <laughs> And I go back there. He's devouring pizza after the after the show. So I was like, okay, he's not like juicing or anything like that. He's just like, <laughs> oh, no. he's like the rest of us. He's a regular oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, he crushes food on tour. Oh man, but, you know he works out. Yeah, yeah he's always at like a two hour workout every night. He's running around that stage. Well, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, and we do a lot of like active things like hikes and mm. beach runs and things like oh, that. Oh, we'll get into that whole whole lifestyle. But first, uh, just Ash, if you want to jump on the mic for a second, how did you receive this uh, uh, Rob Loud as the gift? So delighted. Yeah. 
Rob's best. But it was very cute. I think you're taking a photo of me as yes. I came into your face. It was kind of obscured, but it could only be Rob. It was sort of, yeah, by design. <laughs> it, was, it was really nice for me because basically we had like a little dinner last night and she goes, oh, hey. And she she probably had a sense of who was going to be there, but she's kind of scans her. Oh, hey, hey. And then she, I can see the moment where she realizes Rob Loud's here. And she's like, what? And like, and then it was like me seeing Nick Nurse was there. Yeah. It was like that kind of moment. Oh, man. Uh, but you but basically you flew into the city airport in Toronto, and then you walked to uh, Mike Veerman's apartment building. That's right. Yeah. Because you're staying with our friend Dan Hamilton, or at his place. I think he's hanging at his girlfriend's or whatever this week. Right. But yeah. It was how, the- how, how do you like the building? We're happy to have well, you. Well, I mean, I've been hearing so much about <laughs> it. But, but, but to backtrack a little, I've yeah. never walked from an airport to like a destination. That's like, the beauty of Billy Bishop. I mean, I could, I could have took a cab, yeah. but I didn't have much stuff with me. I'm like, the novelty of being able to walk alone, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm doing it. Yeah. It wasn't that cold. So, wow. Yeah. It was nice. And, and it was good. I couldn't be into Toronto until a little later. So I was like, Dan, Rob's going to be there. Can you just like entertain him? And so, but I didn't realize that Rob and Dan have only hung out one time, and that was Coachella. Was, yeah, Dan was in Coachella though. Yeah, like, and but maybe so, you guys didn't talk all that much. Well, there was a lot of you, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. you know, I was sort of working as well, so you know, we definitely didn't have really much one-on-one time. But then for the next four hours at, at Stack Marketplace and King Taps, you just got to know no Dan. Yeah, it was great. Very well. yeah. yeah, I had a blast. Dan's great for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dan's great for that. Um, but yeah, so we had we celebrated uh, Ash's birthday last night, and everybody, I feel like everybody went for it. You know, we're recording this on a Sunday Everybody night. Everybody showed up with the nut. Fuck the nut. Oh, the nut did <laughs> yeah, not I'm show sick. up. Oh, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> I just waved her middle finger in the air. Yeah. Are we allowed to keep that in? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it when I got there and he wasn't there. I, I was actually shocked. But hey, we had Rob Loud, so. We have Rob Loud. But anyway, so let's rewind a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, let's go back to the ago. start, how we, how we got to know Rob. Yeah, because your life in the last three years sort of has a lot to do with one fateful weekend in British Columbia. I mean, totally, yeah. So, so I'll give a little backstory. Is that the Arkells were playing Pemberton Music Festival. and Rest in being peace. The, rest in peace, yeah. The, the crafty gang that we are, we reached out to the promoter saying, do you guys have any like in-house photographers that we could use just to like steal for our set and get the photos immediately? Rob, you happen to be the in-house photographer, which to this day kind of confuses me because you're a Brooklyn-based photographer. Yeah. This is a festival outside of Vancouver. Why would, were you the photographer for this? So the promoter... Uh-huh. Uh, or I guess the production was based in New Orleans. Okay. And so my friend, Mark Austin, yeah. who lives in Houston, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <Wow>. worked <laughs> or, or had been working with that production company for years and basically was tasked to assemble the photo team. So there was four of us. And they flew you out there. Yeah. And that so, was like my third year, I think, okay. at Pemberton. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we meet Rob. The backstage area in Pemberton is really interesting. It's like they have these yurts uh, for all the artists backstage, and it's very picturesque. If you've ever been to Pemberton, it's like these beautiful like hilly forest mountainy area and Mar- you do some photos with us you take some amazing photos of the show lights happens to be there that day so you yep. meet lights mm-hmm. there and lights uh, also there last night and and the funny thing about you rob is that like you don't do anything you're not you're not like trying to take over every room you're in but you're just a very like likable guy in a very subtle kind of way it's sort of hard to describe but uh, we're like oh that rob black guy's really nice and we do we hang out much after the show I don't think so because I probably then like was on to my next assignment. What, did you, you know? have any recollection of the hang with us that afternoon? Um, I remember, uh, so I remember like stretching. Someone's stretching. Probably uh, Nick. Yeah. Um, I don't. Not really. <laughs> I, I wish Man, I had really a better answer. Such a fun band. Yeah. Really party. They're stretching. <laughs> <laughs> but then the next day, um, y- you were shooting the headliner, which was the Killers. And as per protocol in Killer's Camp, which is protocol for many headliners or bigger acts, is 
uh, if, if the festival wants to put any photos on Instagram or anything, you need to get approval from the band. So you end up hanging after the show with Brandon Flowers for the first time, yeah. just going through all the photos, right? So mm-hmm. walk, walk us through that, because that's kind of cool. So, um, you know, as a festival pho- photographer, we were shooting every band. So I had never shot The Killers, and I was actually assigned to shoot Pearl Jam. So I asked my buddy Hunter, Holder, uh, do you want to trade, basically? He's like, Pearl Jam's my favorite band. Like, Absolutely. So that's how it kind of all... So, so wow, I'm, another sort of very pivotal moment. Right. Yeah, I mean, if that didn't happen, because I'd shot Pearl Jam before, and like typically uh, it's only two songs, like the first two songs, and the Killers were giving us the entire set, including like on-stage access, which is sort of somewhat unusual for like a headliner. Better gig too, right, for you, because you can right a lot more to work with. Exactly. So, But at first I was, they were saying that I was going to have to ride in the van with them back to Whistler, to go through the photos. I'm like, that's a pain in the ass. Like, but, you know, whatever. But it ended up that we went through the pictures after in the dressing room. So there, my laptop was on an ironing board and Brandon comes in. And so back it up a little bit. Uh, my friend Mark Austin from Houston was, was getting my memory cards, running them to our editor to bring it back. So as soon as the show was over, like our best like 50 photos or whatever were, were ready to go. So Brandon comes in, computer's on the ironing board, flipping through them. He's like, oh, you know, these are good. You ever tour with anyone? And are, are you local? Where are you from? And I'm like, where's he going with this? And he's like, do you want to come on tour with us? Hold like, on a second. So you basically hang out with him what for all of seven minutes, and he yeah. just like likes your vibe and mm-hmm. likes your photos. Yeah. Like he must have been pretty struck by the work. Well, the, I mean, there was one photo that he really loved um, that certainly helped. Um, it also helped because he said, are you local? And, you know, Pemberton is kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm in New York. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. So that was the one, the first thing I was like, you know, what's interesting about that? But then they were playing in... New Jersey, right? Uh, well, Conne- uh, yeah, New Jersey, uh, Atlantic City, and then Toronto at Way Home. Uh, I think maybe two Toronto shows, whatever it was. So somewhat local to New York. So I think automatically like, the wheels are turning that, he, you know, this could maybe work out. So... They brought me out the next weekend sort of for a tryout, basically, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of ironic that we're sitting in Toronto right now. Yeah. <laughs> because that's, you know, the uh, he, they had me stay an extra day to, like, go to a Blue Jays game for, like, no real reason. I was like, that seems like a pretty good sign that I'm going to get, like, the invite mm-hmm. back. And then there was never really any discussion so after wait, that. So, you went to the Blue Jays game with the band? With the band. Like, and Why uh, did they go to the Blue Jays? They just wanted to... They just wanted to go. Yeah, they stayed... I'm not sure why they stayed the extra day, but, yeah, they had, like, a nice suite set up and Ronnie... The drummer brought his dog, which uh, was sort of a rare, a rarity for the, the people working at the Blue Jays game. Uh, there were a lot of uh, sweet attendants coming in to see the dog. Um, um, are they big baseball fans, the guys um, in the Kansas? Or is it just something to do in the city? Yeah, I think they like they like going to games and like doing activities. I wouldn't say they're huge baseball fans. Right. The Jays um, are probably doing well then, too. Yeah, I don't recall... But it was yeah, this is 2016, so oh yeah. So so basically, they're kind of testing you out. And I think this happens a lot of the time with uh, you know full time touring acts who who can afford to sort of like have these little dates with whether it's um, like creative photographer, people, yeah. creative people. You'd be like, because there's a lot of talented people out there, but a lot of it is like, are you a good hang or not? Is this somebody who oh, I yeah. feel comfortable snapping photos of me? in the dressing room behind the scenes and I can trust because right. like, you know, that that's some pretty coveted access and oh, they want to sure. be able to be, to know that you're uh, the right kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm around their family, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, we're such close quarters all the time. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like a pain in the ass or someone that like doesn't know when to maybe put the camera down or just like be respectful and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of representing the band in a lot of situations. So yeah, I think a lot of, I mean, it's more that than the actual 
photography. Yeah. You know. Good hang. The good hang, yeah. Uh, I mean, across the board. Were you a Killers fan? Uh, or was it just that you didn't want to do Pearl Jam again? Like, like what was what was the catalyst for the switch for you? Just helping your buddy out that wanted to do Pearl Jam? No, I mean, I, I mean, it was totally selfish. I wanted to shoot the whole the whole show. And I oh, know right. it, it's rare that uh, photographers are given access to shoot them. Um, and I actually was a fan. Like, I, I had been... You know, I'd seen them a couple of times before. I've seen Brandon on his solo tour. Um, we kind of joked that two of sort of his least favorite shows I was at. Which <laughs> oh, really? Sort of. He was like, "You were at that show." He's like, "It was horrible." Like, what? What were you doing there? <laughs> I won't say what shows. Uh, I thought they were great, but um, <laughs> yeah, I was always a fan of them. Uh, not so much Hot Fuss. I mean, it's great, of you course. You have to but get into the each record. If no, you but <laughs> but Sam Sam sounded well. Like, so, you know, did it for me, and I was like, "Damn, this man!" Like, I'm like into this. Bands. Well, the yeah. reason the reason I ask is because I wonder, like, for some people, like that moment. And I know, obviously, you're a professional photographer. You're covering the festival, but like knowing you're enough to go through these photos with Brandon, and not even thinking it's going to lead to this, the opportunity that led to. Was there like an excitement or a nervousness? Or are you like this is just the job? Uh, you know, I've been doing photography for about fifteen years now. Yep, uh, and a lot of it was very celebrity based okay. I mean that's how I was kind of making my living in New York I was like shooting for Getty Images and a lot of like events and concerts and so it going through photos with like people wasn't as big of a deal maybe I mean it was, it was, it was awesome but mm-hmm. it wasn't like holy shit just the job so basically they get you on tour pretty quickly we're like are you available for a bunch of these like one off festivals yeah and, and so what did the next like six months or nine months look like after that uh, that year was sort of slow they okay. were sort of off album cycle um so you kind of did like a handful here and there they did a 10th anniversary of samstown mm. uh like residency thing in vegas which was cool at samstown casino uh and then the next year that's when it got heavy uh did like 37 countries like 120 dates it was kind of jumped in but that was the, also the year you met the champagne boys it is <laughs> not to talk about ourselves here no that's what you're doing but, yeah but ba- but basically so yeah. i don't know like ash we, we uh we were we how do we keep in touch with rob like what was the oh um, from 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 pemberton yeah i was also remembering too like we spoke to you at way home like the killers played here and i saw you at a thing like we've seen you more but then we needed someone to shoot the pod yeah so basically the pod had a sponsorship with top man oh right and we yeah, needed yeah, to yeah. do some glam shots because we were we were recording right, live yeah. from coachella this was coachella this yeah, was coachella yeah, 2017 yeah. so it's like the following summer following yeah. spring really and so we're like okay what's an opportunity to hang with rob loud get these photos done for top man because we were doing some like live podcasting this was kind of in the early days of the pod and we worked it out so you'd kind of be our Kells tour photographer, but also double dip and do stuff with right, the pod. Yeah. This is like a manager Ash brainchild move. Yes. And so we basically were like, we can have our cake and eat it too. We can hang with Rob. He's going to take amazing photos. We're like just podcast dudes, but we're like dressed up in all this. Like, he put gorge- all this top man gear. Yeah. Yeah. Top I remember gear. Shane was wearing like jorts at some point. Yeah. Like, it was like, like the most hipstery weird clothes. We're and, like, fuck it. And on that weekend, it was like the second weekend where basically all the champagne boys came down. We and, all, yeah. And we I went to a house in Palm Springs. Yeah. And basically, like, Rob is kind of... And, and you were staying of, at the house? You were staying at the house. staying in the house. So basically, you met, like, 12 dudes that weekend. Yeah, in one shot. In one shot. Yeah. What do you remember from that weekend? Well, I, I also have a pretty big group of, of friends from back in the day. Yeah. And uh, I just find it funny that, like, the more guys you get together in a room, like, the dumber everyone becomes. <laughs> and so I, like, could relate so... Like, I, I was like... 
I, you know, I was like an outsider, but like I felt so at home. Yeah, it's like I get these are kind of my yeah. yeah. And so I just sort of sat back to see how I would you know kind of fit in to the <laughs> the group and uh you know the, the the shirts off i mean we were in palm springs and there was a pool but yeah. i mean but the shirts off you know i, I kind of i got that thing very quickly mm. <laughs> that was you know like a thing yeah um yeah it was it was uh you know and like kind of like seeing the, the different personalities and how you know each person kind of plays off each other was uh <laughs> quite enjoyable yeah it's an interesting chemistry yes. yeah and you fit in seamlessly which was great because it's like yeah, it's like no, you were the one person that everyone didn't really know right. staying at the house, and then it was like you were totally down and in. Yeah, and it was I fine. mean, and, and you guys were so accommodating that like um, you ended up giving me the the couch outside to sleep <laughs> <laughs> by the pool. <laughs> That. I will say, I mean, it was partially like, um, you know, it was great. I mean, it was comfortable. I was outside. Yeah. Palm Springs. How does that like, even happen? Did we, did we I think I, ch- I probably actually chose to do it. I, I feel like it was more. You yeah, were like, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Shane and I were sharing a bed. I know that. Right, we probably yeah. could have fit a third. You know. Next time. Next Honestly, time, yeah. you know, I always think about this. I probably told this anecdote on the pod, but Nick, our bassist, uh, was watch- watching a YouTube tutorial on, like, how to be a better bass player. He does kind of, he's practicing all the time. And it was a tutorial from, like, one of the, like, greatest session bassists of all time. And he was, and his, his, basically, his one piece of advice was, it's like, look, the most important thing, if you want to get work as a creative person, just be a good hang. That's literally, it's like, and he's like, that's how I got lots of work. I'm just a pretty good hang. Yeah. Like, lots of great bassists out there. But I can hang, and I can like be cool in a room, and and I think you probably say like there's lots of great photographers out there, but it's like if you can be like I'll sleep on the couch, yeah. I'll sleep out in a hammock, well, I, I kind of know these guys. Like if you can have that sense, that will get you more gigs than a particular photo yeah. or something. Which I so I love that about you. Yeah, I mean you know as like a freelancer, you're working with different people all the time, yeah. so you know you kind of have to build a rapport quickly um, and kind of like read the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. So anyway, so after Coachella, uh, you're kind of full on killers mode then. For like the you, yeah. you were in the killers thing then because I remember at one point yeah. being drunk, we were all taking like an Uber back from Coachella to Palm Springs, and uh, we were peppering you with like Brandon Flowers questions, yes. like a bunch of little kids in a, like mm-hmm. a school bus. And I still do that to this day. Yes. <laughs> I was doing that last night, literally. Totally. Well, I, I love it. Uh, I was just out with this band, White Reaper, um, who I met on Killer Store. They were opening some dates, and uh, so we were like riding around the van, like a Northeast tour in, in the states, and to be like. So Rob, you know, there's a lot of like, so Rob, um, and I'm like, okay, here, 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 you know, it's, it's coming. Like, yeah, here it comes. Yeah. yeah. So like when the killers are, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, like, explain like what a day in a life of, uh, of a tour looks like for you. I, cause, uh, cause you obviously did the Canadian tour with us last February yes. where you were our guy. We got to poach you for a few weeks, which mm-hmm. was amazing. Yes. But like, I'm always interested. It's like, okay, like just like the way the killers like roll and like the amount of sort of crew that's involved. Like just walk us through a day. Yeah. I mean, well, it varies like greatly. So if, you know, it's an, an off album cycle year, like it's definitely like a smaller crew. Uh, well, so like say an album cycle when they had like the same set or set up each night, um, you know, on buses basically, uh, or the occasional, not occasional, but you know, hotels, maybe a couple nights a week, especially if we have like a day off, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's you know pretty similar to in Arkell's situation. You know, we wake up on a bus, mm-hmm. typically at the venue. Hotels at, that you're staying at there are slightly nicer, I'd say. I did visit you your Vancouver hotel that one time. It yes, was very very nice. Per- perks of the job. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, you just wake up at the arena, mm-hmm. kill time, shoot the show, get on the bus, and <laughs> leave. Uh, but, but are you pr- approving photos after every show? Yeah, so you know, as soon as the the show's over, like straight to my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, they always promise the promoter. 
photos within 30 minutes, which I prefer them to maybe tell them like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's never 30 minutes. Uh, yeah, I go through the photos. I basically pick my favorites, uh, and then the guys will pick their favorites, and yeah, we just get those photos out, basically. Is there like an agenda before each night? Has, has Brandon or Ronnie go, oh, I'm doing a thing. Can you try to get me in this angle or whatever? Yeah. Um, yeah, both of them are always like, just get close. Like, do whatever you want. And I don't like to be seen on stage, but sometimes you got to just jump in and do it. I mean, there's a lot of like iconic photos from like the 70s. Um, there's like one of Elton John like wearing like a Dodgers sparkly baseball you know uniform and you could tell like the photographers I, I, I should know who it is I'm forgetting but it's so close to him uh, which is something that I like doing because it brings intimacy but then you also see the crowd so I, I do it a lot when I'm shooting from the stage so it's like intimate but there's 30,000 people out there which is th- you know the furthest from intimate uh, how did I get here I forget what am I saying oh uh, just, um, just like if the guys ask for oh right yeah question. so well so a good story with that so they played Glastonbury headline Glastonbury festival in the UK last summer uh, and I think they felt that the previous time they headlined was didn't go like as well as they wanted even though I'm sure it was amazing so they really like put a lot into this actual you know show uh, so Brandon sort of doing this cowboy hat thing mm. uh, the, the beginning of the song The Man yeah. they do like this extended intro and he puts on a cowboy hat and kind of struts up and, and gets up on his monitor in, in front of the stage and then uh, there's a big confetti explosion so we kind of we're talking about different situations on what to do in this moment uh, and so I was like ready and very close to him on stage uh, and I just kept thinking like don't screw this up like uh, and so I just got the shot with him like kind of looking to the side from behind the cowboy hat and the confetti going off and it sort of has become like a hmm, a popular photo yeah yeah you can say iconic yeah, you can say iconic <laughs> it, 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 it feels um, if, it, if I if if I have to pick an iconic photo that I've taken of, then that that that's, that's your definitive be, uh, yeah. Brandon Flowers photo. I th- well, you know, uh, of performance wise, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of photos that people have never seen. Mm. I feel like there's um, the killers are, are kind of underrated in their work ethic and their sense of like kind of rising to the occasion, doing things that are sometimes a little outside the ordinary. So, for instance, like they played a big festival in Scotland in Glasgow mm-hmm. uh, transmit festival had headlined that to 30,000 people. And then they went back to King Tut's, which is the first bar they played at. We played there too. It's like a little three. It's, it's where actually famously Oasis was discovered. Oh, yeah. It's a little 300, oh, 300 cap venue. So explain that day. Cause I love that. Um, yeah, like they they love the underplay as they call it in the in the biz, you know, a, a killer's playing in a 300 person room. Um, and so, yeah, they, they headlined this festival and, uh, I don't remember if it was a police escort situation, but you know, like we rolled in to the club and was it know, madness? Like had word gotten out? Yeah, they they did announce it like the like the night before, maybe mm-hmm. or the, I, I forget. We we knew about it, but I forget exactly how it worked. But yeah, so going from you know the festival to that, although the better story though is they were doing a show in uh, between the the Austin City Limits weeks because mm. they do like two weekends. So they were going to walking to stage, and I made the joke. Although I feel like no one remembers that I made the joke. Like, wh- where are we playing after? And Brandon was like, set something up. So while he was walking to stage, he didn't know if he was going to do a show after. And well, So who did he say set something up to? Uh, a tour manager. A Jeremy. tour manager? Yeah, who is from Toronto. Yeah, Jeremy, the tour manager. Um, so he just goes, he's about to walk on stage, and he just goes to Jeremy, set something up? Pretty much, yeah. That's so cool. So, so then they immediately get on the phone with, with you know, their booker, uh, who starts, like, kind of putting ideas together. 
uh, one of the guys we work with, Cinnamon, is from Austin. So he's like kind of throwing out like the good idea, like a good authentic Austin places. Yeah. Uh, and they end up booking Continental Club, which is like a really classic rock and roll club in Austin. So at like 11 p.m. they tweet, Continental Club, doors at 12, show at uh, 1, you know, whatever. First come, first serve, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And that is like 150 cat. Wow. So that was mad. That was like true madness. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was just the, the excitement of not, you know, because like the crew, like they, no one knew that they were going to play their show. So they had to get all the gear over. Actually, I think they everything was like kind of backlined. So they're borrowing like, you know, just like shitty amps. Yeah. Like Wait, whatever's which I love there. Because, because in the business, it's like there's some bands, and I understand, who go like, no, if we're going to play a show, we want our in-ear monitors. Yeah. We need our own gear. We need our own text. We need to do a sound check. This needs to be perfect for us to put on our best show. Put on our best show. But with the Killers, it's like, Okay, we have that for our big shows and most of our shows, but occasionally, just give us a couple of guitars and we'll and we'll we'll fucking kill it, and that's what they did. That is what they did. Yeah, yeah. so cool. Um, I've seen, I guess, maybe like five, like under like three or four hundred person room shows, uh, which is amazing. Would you say working so closely with the band that you've like, you know, is it like now a friendship? Um. You know, I mean, for sure, yes, but I also need to remember or, you know, do take into consideration that it is a job and, you know, they're ultimately my bosses. So, you know, it feel, very much feels like a friendship, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're my employers. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you know, I, I, which is, you know, the lines are, are pretty blurred. If, if someone were to ask you to describe sort of like uh, Brandon and Ronnie's personalities sort of behind the scenes or, or what we don't see in interviews or sort of yeah. what our, our ideas of them are like, what would you what would you say? Start with Brandon, I guess. Uh, well, I guess like what you were kind of saying about them being hard workers is like, you know, he cares a lot and he works really hard and takes a lot of things into consideration, you know. Yeah, well, like when Tom Petty passed. Yeah, like that night they were playing Austin City Limits that weekend, and he learned. Or I, I'm sure he knew the songs, but like they they're gonna they play two Tom Petty songs yeah. at the show. Like, and they've done that on a few other occasions where it's like, okay, what is the the right thing to do in this moment? And yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, like even uh, they're doing an LA show, like a radio show, um, where it's like you know a bunch of bands are playing at the Forum in LA, and Marcy they had to cancel last mm-hmm. minute, which I think he does you know yeah. somewhat regularly. But um, so they like learned a Marcy song. You know, and yeah. like, like absolutely crushed it. You mm-hmm. know, so like there's probably a bunch of fans that like were pretty bummed that they couldn't see Marcy, so yeah. they like learned the song, and like they do that stuff all the time. Like, I think it was a Voodoo Fest in New Orleans. Muse got rained out the night before, so they learned a Muse song and played a Muse song the next night. Uh, I forget what song it was. That's cool. But it, and it was incredible. Mm-hmm. They always they're always in it. It's like three hours before the show. Like, okay, group text goes out. All right, learn this song, <laughs> <laughs> and then like they're rehearsing it, and it's like. Yeah, incredible. That's yeah, awesome. Is there like what is there is there is there an energy like what kind of like um like are they excitable people? You know what I mean before a show? Or are they low key? Like I'm trying to get a sense of what the vibe is like, sort of before you guys walk out there yeah. and do your thing. Um, yeah, I mean you know as it gets closer to the show, I think you know the nerves start. You know, kind of hit. You know, I think it's like an anxious energy to like just get out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, well, and, and to finish the the question you asked previously. Uh, the Brandon is um, the right now. It's just Brandon and Ronnie w- that are sort of the original four that are touring. Uh, both great dudes. Both um, yeah. Ronnie's kind of like what you'd expect. You know, he's he's got a kind of a 
you know, a, a little goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it comes out in the show. Yeah. I mean, he's not a goofy guy, but like, you know, he likes to like be silly and like mess around and make jokes and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, Brendan likes to like laugh at them. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I really couldn't say enough good things well, about One them. of my favorite moments uh, from the show that was mentioned uh, off the top of the podcast for Ash's birthday two, two Januarys ago was uh, someone had a sign saying, can I play drums? Yeah. And it, what was the song? Uh, Reasons Unknown. Reasons Unknown. And basically, Brandon's like, all right, let's do it. Calls the guy up on stage. Ronnie gives him the drum kit. And the guy crushes it. Yeah. Went viral, I think. It, it, yeah. And it was, and everybody was, and I was like, is this, a, is he for real? Is this a plan? Everyone thinks it's a bit. Everyone thinks it's a bit. And I was like, no, I think it's, I think it's real. And then people were like, Max, you're an idiot. How, you, you're the first person to plant a bit. But I was like, no, something about it felt sincere. Yeah. And then you said, it was totally legit. Yes. And we asked Brandon after the show, I'm like, did you know, like, what would happen if he was, if it, if it went badly? He's like, I don't know. I was yeah. like, you didn't think about that? Like, yeah. because sometimes it has gone badly. Yeah. That. So it's become a thing. So they've done it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and like two or three times I can remember where immediately Ronnie just went over. He was like, kind of gave the, I don't know. How can I describe this motion? Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, the cut it. Cut, cut it. it. Yeah. yeah. Like get off the stage. Like, like, they did not know how to play the drums. Yeah. Like, oh, not man. even close. And it's like, come on, man. Like, you're just wasting everyone's time. Like, yeah. I get it. Like, you want to come up on stage. Like, who doesn't? But, like, mm-hmm. so, uh, and there's been a few that aren't that great. Everyone's always really fast because they're so excited and so nervous. So the song is, like, significant. Double time. <laughs> like, 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 like everyone's, like, laughing, looking around. And, like, finally someone's, like, kind of got to do, like, this. slow it down a little. Slow it down, know? relax. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there's been some really amazing. This one guy, uh, he com- he comes up, and I was behind the drum riser because I'm kind of usually in a position because I want to get good photos of you know potentially like the greatest moment of these people's lives. Yeah. So I want to get great photos of them. So I'm behind the drum riser, and he comes he's like, "Hey Rob, send me some photos." I'm like, "Get up there and play first, okay?" Like, oh, the, the guys. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because you know, like, you know, we're, we're all sort of like you know, visible nowadays, like with social media. So like, you know, it's the fact that he was like, Hey Rob, you know, like, just like, he you knew know, who you really were. Knew who I was. And it turns out he's the drummer for the fillers, which is like the killers. The killers. Band. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. And he was great. Yeah. He did a good job. They've, they've planted a couple times, like friends, mm-hmm. like one was Ronnie's drum teacher, like, like growing up. Oh, that's cool. Uh, cool. they, the band white reaper again, they, they brought them up and Brandon even said, I'm gonna bring up my, my best friends and there's twins in the band. So they brought both of them up. Oh. In their hometown, Louisville, which was like really an amazing moment for them. It was it was, it was awesome. I know uh, that. That's so yeah, cool. uh, and then like the drummer from uh, uh, I forget the band, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. Do you have any sort of definitive anecdotes you tell about uh, sort of your life uh, on the road, or or you know, to give us a sense of what it's like? Um, Are you looking into your phone for notes right now? Uh, yeah, yeah, because you know when I get asked this question, it's like one of those things where you just kind of go blank. Um, I like that. That's a level of preparation, you know? It's like, I want to come with stories. Yeah, I mean, because the, the, the last time I did something like this, I, like, gave the worst stories. And then afterwards, <laughs> I'm like, why didn't I, like, tell that story? Um, well, I mean, I guess, like, the one story I like, I mean, it's funny because, you know, you come across, like, a lot of different people, you know? Um, actually, this isn't even on the list, but I just thought of it. And I think I could tell this story uh, because <laughs> it was in the British tabloids. But uh, Prince Harry was at a show... 
And uh, I guess I had met him before, and he's a fan. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of walked into the backstage, and I see a guy, like, kind of tussling Brandon's kid's hair. And I just, like, instinctively, like, took a picture. And then, like, immediately, like, next snap back. Like, look at me. And I'm like, oh, that's Prince Harry. So I'm like, <laughs> my bad, dude. I'm like, don't worry. No one will ever see these photos. And they're like, no, that's cool. Like, taking you know, you can take pictures. Just, like, don't put them anywhere. Yeah. And then the tabloids all, like, the paparazzi or look like paparazzi photos were, like, blasted everywhere that he was there. So, mm. um, But the photos are... <laughs> Still have yet to be seen on my hard drive. Has anyone seen them besides you? Um, yeah, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah, because I sent them to him. Yeah, it's funny. Um, have you and Brandon ever disagreed uh, like uh, strongly on a photo where you're like, this must be seen, and he's like, fuck that? Uh, in the moment, yes, but then he's like, no, because of this, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, his reason he's like, always, always makes right. Yeah, right, and, right. And, and and he's so he goes through them so quickly. Uh and he's like almost like almost always spot on. I mean, and, but then there's been times where I've won, where I'm like, ah, oh, come on, man, like that's. And he's like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a collaborative thing, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I've done like the sort of approval process of people, and it's like, you know, I have no say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just picking the ones that they like the best. Um, but this is definitely more of a collaborative. Like when he's flipping through, like I'm typically like over his shoulder. Um, the the other uh, part of the job, which probably doesn't get as much like public attention uh, when it comes to, like any band the size of the killers are these sort of like funny one-offs that you guys have done which are like you know private events or like for instance like you were on because you share this on social media so we can talk about like you were on a, a private jet going to the apple campus mm-hmm. in cupertino to do a show with like the killers were playing for apple employees right, yeah. but i feel like they've played like in the middle east and they've played various like birthday parties that like is there anything there that you like you could talk about that is particularly memorable um like we just did a one-off in abu dhabi like that was pretty insane we i left uh thursday night thanksgiving uh, in the states mm-hmm. and i was home by monday afternoon and what was, was the a show? 13 hour f- wow. uh, flight uh the f1 race mm. private private jet uh no 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 right yeah no we we, we flew we commercial yeah. we, we had to you know, like like the rest of us, or the rest of, or the rest of them. Um, but uh, it was it was weird too because everyone was so jet lagged, and we were only there for a couple of days, so like you never really got on a schedule. So mm. like the whole thing just felt like a dream. Like mm. you know, like swimming in the Persian Gulf, and like we did this like camel ride thing in the desert, and <laughs> then the show, and then we were on a plane, and I was home. Like it, it doesn't really feel real. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they definitely like. So when I get like the schedule, sometimes I'm like, what? Like, what? <laughs> like Abu Dhabi, like one show, like okay. When you were uh, you were saying you know you you were working as a photographer for 15 years now, and you're doing Getty Image stuff, probably yeah. like red carpet stuff, mm-hmm. other sort of like did did you think oh tour photographer that's sort of the dream or was it like I didn't even think of this as sort of like a viable full time gig? Yeah, I mean it it is like my dream job. I just never really thought of it because at that time, especially when I started, like. Bands weren't really touring with photographers anymore. Like, that was the thing that they did, like, back in the day. Mm. But then with social media and, like, this need for content started, all these bands started touring with photographers again. Yeah, it really has changed a lot. And you were saying that, like, you know, the Killers, because of the time they came up in when Instagram wasn't a thing and then they kind of weren't operational, like, from, like, as much from, like, 2014 to 2016 when Instagram was really taking off. Yeah. They hadn't really thought about that part of their business. Yeah. And then I, they probably were like, okay, actually, we do need to sort of think about this a little bit. You kind of right. encouraged that a little bit to a degree. Yeah, I mean, you know, bringing me on, because they were touring with someone for a while, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the beginning. 
uh, not like this. Well, I don't know exactly when, but they were touring with someone for for a while. Um, but yeah, now that they have all these photos, mm-hmm. it just became like a thing that they were going to post. You know, pictures from every show and yeah. But we do hold on to a lot of photos, and that's a thing where a lot of times I, I want to get my best stuff out there and like the things that are going to be most interesting, of course. But like back in the day, like you wouldn't see like the stream of content from a, your favorite band like every day, like now. So we do hold on to a lot of things, which. You know, like I said, it's sort of annoying at times. But then, like, I just put out, like, like the photo you were saying, like, on, when we were on the plane. Like, it's, a, it, it, like, the reaction was amazing because, you know, they're sort of, like, weren't doing anything, like, for, the, like, that month or two. And all of a sudden, we dropped this, like, f- pretty cool photo, if I may say so. And the fans, like, freak out. So, like, there's, like, this one set of photos um, that I have from last summer. And uh, the photos are amazing, like. When we put them out, like people are gonna freak, <laughs> that's and awesome. like that's fun. Like it may be in like ten years, like or maybe in a book, or like mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of like this back to the old school kind of way where like you know you kind of like starve the attention a little bit, uh, or um, yeah, yeah. So when you do post, it's far more impactful. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and like you know, if you want to like you know sell them as prints, like it, it feels like more precious than like the photo that went up like 20 minutes after the show. Hey, what's your favorite Arkells moment? <laughs> Let's get back to Max. Um, yeah. Favorite Arkells moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. From the tour from, well, okay. So I've shot you guys at Pemberton, two shows in New York, uh, which I think a little bit contributes to how we kind of stayed in touch mm-hmm. the Webster hall and then oh, the Frank yeah. Turner show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh yeah. But from that tour, um, you, you, you had a beautiful print of uh, the, the Scotiabank Arena show. Yeah, with like all the with all the lights, lights in there. That's yeah. Cool. Um, man, favorite moment. See, this is when I need to have my notes, yeah. so I can just like bang it out. Um, I mean, honestly, like was the overall like seeing you. I, mean, I think the Scotiabank night in general mm-hmm. was like. I mean, you guys like conquered that shit. Like, and it was like <laughs> moving t- for me. Like, as I've become you know close with you guys. I was like so I felt like a proud parent you know I was like so happy I mean you guys sold it out the show was incredible um yes I don't know maybe that was my favorite moment maybe good that was a great night I saw you after that yes you did because was that the stretch where you shot um Matt from uh Cage Elephant yeah 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 is it it was in that that sort of stretch was nice but yeah that was that was a really fun one Uh, Rob Loud coming to the Junos was the best oh oh great oh yeah that was the best yeah, well, was that basically was that because we had a gig in Detroit? So basically, uh, yeah, we were on American leg of the tour, which Rob was on, but then we had to pop back into Canada, and and Rob uh, was like, "I'm coming to the Junos," and basically, and we're we're gonna post this video, but basically, Rob rented himself a car to drive from Detroit <laughs> to London, Ontario, and. Uh, we'll post the video, and it's the fucking best. Just to give you a sense of uh, what Rob Loud's all about. Well, there was one day where I was like, sort of the fake tour manager, and I, I happened to be wearing these like <laughs> really—they're kind of like cool again glasses, like these like really thin Oakley kind of glasses that my friend accidentally left in a jacket that he borrowed. Yeah. They were like his grandfather's or something. Uh, and so I was wearing them that day, and they became like my tour manager glasses. So when I'm wearing them, I'm the tour manager. So I'm <laughs> driving to the Junos wearing these glasses, and I'm like pumped up and fired up and. To the group. Junos, we're going to take this. Let's go, boys. <laughs> yeah. he, was just, he was drinking yeah. a Tim Hortons cup. I was, no, I was drinking Tim Hortons um, yeah. you, you obviously shoot with the Arkells, yeah. shoot the Killers, which feels like more of a full-time thing. Are you looking to sort of do all sorts of bands in your off time, or is it like, I'm going to stick with this Killers gig until... Yeah, you know, it's weird because like I wonder, like, do people think like the Killers own me? 
you know like yeah. i wonder if like, i don't get calls because they're like well he's with the killers and like we you know probably can't afford him or whatever it is you know which i get so i try to promote myself as someone who shoots all bands mm-hmm. of all sizes um you know and sometimes it's for free i mean if it's something i believe in or something i like um mm-hmm. you know I mean, I want to get paid, and that's the goal. But like, you know, I'll, I'll go out and like do something. You know, yeah, if I think it's um, going to build a relationship or whatever it is. I mean, that's you know, like anything. It, everything's about um, you know, the rapport and building relationships. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, do I want to tour forever? I'm not sure. Like right now, like I love it and it kind of fits my personality. Mm-hmm. But do I want to do it like forever? Do I you know? Do I need to settle down? Uh, you know, well, probably, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, so if if I had an, an offer to do another tour and, like, my schedule worked, I would for sure do it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Was there <laughs> anything good in that uh, anecdote list you looked at? I, uh, um, yeah, give us one more before we uh, wrap this up. Well, um, uh, let's see. Well, uh, the one thing is, like, you know, we, we come across, well, I was starting to say, like, the Prince Harry thing, but, like, we do come across, like, a lot of, like, interesting people. Like, <laughs> you know, at Glastonbury, like, I look over the side of the stage and... David Beckham is standing there. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's chill. Yeah. Um, like we did uh, Elton John's. We did because, you know, I play. Uh, <laughs> I took photos of them playing with Elton John at Elton John's uh, Grammy or Oscars party in L.A. Like oh. that was surreal. Like they played Daniel together. I'm like walking in for like the sound check for that where like Elton's just like sitting there in his like awesome tracksuit. Uh, okay. Like, yeah, let's run through the, the song. You know, he gets up on his piano. Like they just ripped through Daniel. Um, oh. But one, one of my uh, sort of favorite stories and, and he's, come up a few times is Liam Gallagher and there's one <laughs> time Liam Gallagher Liam Gallagher love yeah. a Gallagher story uh, he is everything you would hope he is uh, from you know the, the limited experience I've had with him but Brandon and I were flying uh, to a gig I went off with him to do something else and uh, so it was just him and I uh, at the airport and Liam is in front of us at like the check-in desk and he's like uh, Liam turns around he's like oh he's like oh man we were just listening to uh, the the new single in the car when you were young. He's like, that's like that. Like that's my shit. That's my shit. Pretty, pretty much. We're like, I don't know if like what what he meant by it or if it was just like a sort of funny interaction. Um, but they had met before, and like you know, the, uh, obviously like Brandon is a, is a huge Oasis fan. Um, but uh, and then like that sort of stretch, we just kept running into him. Like they had like kind of in the same festival schedule. Um, and then he ended up crashing the stage twice. And once, the only time I've seen this is a fan like crashed the stage and like scared the shit out of Brandon. Like he wasn't even looking, and so all of a sudden this guy is there. So he was, you know, pretty startled. And then, like a song later, I think it was during when you were young. Uh, Liam just strolls out on stage, and like he doesn't really do anything. He just kind of like strolls out, puts his arm around Brandon, and then like kind of like, strolls off the stage. It was hilarious. Um, and then he did it. A second time, same, he just, actually the Killers covered like uh, an Oasis song that night, kind of rarity, I mean it would be like very obvious if you did like Champion Supernova or something, yeah. but it was a, a little more of like a, a rarity or a deeper cut, uh, and he crashed the stage again, and like the fans like obviously like freaking out, because like Liam is just, you know, he's Liam, you know, Yeah. Uh, and then we ended up hanging out with him that night, and uh, you know, like I said, he's just like. How is he as a hang, is he just like, is he, is he, is he abrasive, is he charming? He's is charming he like, as hell, man, yeah. he's so charming, yeah, and like. Just, you know, then that accent, too, and, like, it's just, you know. Yeah. Like, it's definitely, nothing is an act, I don't think, with that guy. It's all authentic. You know, everything is authentic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just with him and, and a couple of his, his crew, and, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Erica, did you want to ask Rob anything? Yeah. Well, I'm really blown away. I didn't know too much about you, actually, before we sat down. Uh-huh. I knew, obviously, what you did and, like, who you worked with, but, wow. I could sit here all night. 
Oh, just listen what's to your question? Well, okay. Well, I'm also a freelancer. <laughs> I was like, are you going to get to <laughs> Um But you've been freelancing for so long. Yeah. Any advice? Also, um, like, how would you, like, I'm at no point in my career would I, where I would ever say no to a job. Right. How do you say no? And how do you ask for more money? Mm. Um, well, I think, you know, uh, should we expect any questions from you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, w- with my gig in particular, especially because there's so many photographers now, I mean, even from yeah. when I started, everyone was saying that, but now it's like really extreme. Yeah. So people are always asking like, how do I get into this? And it's like, no, there's no direct right. route to get there. Um, so <laughs> someone asked me this the other day, I did like when I was like Instagram, like asked me a question and someone said, how do you become a, you know, go on a tour? And I just, my reply was a picture of a maze. Like, you know, there's no answer. So yeah. uh, how do you ask for more? Well, the money thing, if it's, I could tell like a client that's not really familiar with like what goes into it, I like to really break things down and like kind of line item why this costs so much instead of just being like, here's your price. Right. Uh, if they're like, that's way too much money, I feel like I maybe educated them. And so maybe the person they are going to hire is going to get, you know, more than what they would have. Um You'll break down the work and go yeah, to justify the, what your quote is. Yeah, and so like worst case scenario for me, I'm like, at least I educated them. So now they understand that it's like, you know, that I actually have to pay for my equipment mm-hmm. and I have years of experience uh, and, you know, I'm a, it's a business. The time spent it, editing. Yeah, is and it's like, not just some guy that just shows up with a camera and snaps a few photos and then like calls it a day. Um, do you still get that a lot? Like people think that? Yeah, kind of, mm-hmm. especially... You know, because a lot of people that need content, like they never really worked with a photographer, and I mm-hmm. and I do some video stuff. So the video world, that's a whole other beast. Like yeah. th- that, that's you know, th- there's a lot of things to be learned about that on the client side. Um, so yeah, I definitely still get it because you know, like I said, I, I think they just think you just show up with a camera and snap a couple photos. Yeah. You know, it's like there's an expression like I always butcher it, but basically like you're not paying a mechanic like for the five minutes maybe it takes him five minutes to fix something yeah. you're paying him to know which screw to turn yeah. not for like the time basically so yeah. and a lot of times a client will come back and be like yeah okay we like hired like some kid right out of school who charged a fraction of what you were charging and the f- now we need to redo it and spend more money than what if we just hired you in the first place and do you, do you say no to work uh yeah i do Why? um i mean if it's not a good fit yeah. um you know, also like I've done a lot of kind of jobs where I'm like, I, can't, I just can't anymore. Uh, I feel like I put my time in, so like maybe it's yeah. just not worth it. And like, if there's not going to be like a good return, uh, then it's kind of like, why bother? Especially if it's like, like I said, like I'll work for free, like say with a, like a young band. If it's a cool gig. If yeah, you, you believe in it. And yeah. I'm like, and I think this will lead to more things and building a relationship. Um, then yeah, then I'll do it. But if it's something where I'm like, it's just going to be this one-off thing and. If they start wanting to hire me more, then I got to, like, keep doing these jobs I don't want to do, you know. In the beginning, I never said no. And that's yeah. how I got into it because, like, an editor, an assignment editor from Getty uh, would call and say, are you available? I'm like, of course I'm available. I'm, what am I doing? I'm just waiting for you to call me. <laughs> so they're like, I'm like, cool, like, when, when does it start? And uh, they're like, oh, well, it started, like, 20 minutes ago. And at the time, I lived um, I live in Brooklyn, but I lived in Manhattan at the time, so it's usually, like, you know, within like 15 minutes, I can mm-hmm. kind of be anywhere. So I would just jump into the gig and, mm-hmm. you know. I feel like another thing you're really good at, Rob, and you're good at too, Erica, is just like learning the rhythms of the people that you work with, which is sort of a skill in itself. And some people come by it very naturally and some people don't get it at all and they need to work on it a lot. But it's just like 
you know rob from working with like ash and i like you know that we like to see the photos immediately you know we want them in a dropbox you know it's like you have to be pretty quick on the on the trigger and like and i'm sure each client has their own set of sort of wants and and erica too with working with the pod like you know the more you work with someone the like the, the better the shorthand becomes when it comes to just the conversations but i think that's like another one when it comes to just the kind of developing relationships with the clients it's like how how quickly can you understand what their desires are and how do you accommodate that is you know what i mean yeah i mean you know i, I know some creatives are like very particular like it's like my way or the highway mm-hmm. but like the way i see it it's like they're hiring me so like i want to give them what they want and what they need. Yeah. Like, you know, why not? I mean, they're paying me money to, like, perform a task. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, although I, under, I mean, you know, it's like photography is an art, you know, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of artists, mm-hmm. air quotes, artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I guess I have a little more of, like, a blue-collar mentality about it. Um, Which I think makes you really good about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I should, like, take myself more seriously as an artist. Um, but... I don't know. I think you can do both, though. I think you can yeah. be like workmanlike and blue collary about your, your, your craft, and that like, no, I'm going to go do it every single day, and I'm yeah. going to like be good to the people I'm working with, and that is going to actually like help. I don't know my own sense of creativity in yeah. some way. Yeah. Also, you can't. Shane says this a lot. You can't. You can't be who you're not. If you're right. not a pretentious person, you can't put on an air of pretension uh, to sort of like up your value as an artist. If you are a guy that, like you said, you're a little more blue collar and you approach it a certain way, it's like you got to be authentic to who you are. Otherwise, right. it's, it's not going to feel real anyway. You yeah. Know? And I mean, like I, I went to school for computer science. And so I think like I find like people who go to art school, maybe come out with a little bit more of a sense of entitlement or mm. sort of like this, you know, again, artist mentality where... Um, they it kind of stunts them like where i would in the beginning i would say yes to everything um where some people would be like oh that's like below me yep. well it's like well you're 22 and you just graduated like you don't know anything yeah. um so yeah i think uh learning on the fly like i did um helped a lot because i i, could, I kind of saw what the potential of like being a freelancer working for myself kind of having it was the schedule and the lifestyle um and I don't mean like, you know, like rock and roll party lifestyle, just like the lifestyle of, of you know, being self-employed was more appealing to me than being a photographer or like mm. my love of photography. Mm. You know, it was just like I took one class in college. I remember it, and my professor was like, pretty good, like especially if you would leave the parking lot of your apartment. The day of the assignment, I'd like walk around, like, you know, take pictures of like leaves and like, you know, like shadows and shit. You know? <laughs> Like, well, at least he like has an eye and like kind of knows what he's doing. You yeah. Know, but all right. Well, when are we going to party again? When's the, when are you Tonight, back in town? Right now. Let's do it right now. What? You come on, man. We went hard at Ash's last night. Ash, what, what was that dog, look? Bro. Are we partying yeah, again? Hair dog. It's Rob's last night. It's Rob's last night. Are man. you going for it again tonight? I mean, he has to do something. I mean, I, okay. I have to go pee really bad. So let's wrap this up. Uh, yeah. All right, man. Thanks so much for uh, coming on, Rob. Thank you. Appreciate guys. it. Yeah.